Tonight, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of the original premiere of Beast Wars. We're going to be counting down our picks for the top 10 best episodes of the Beast Wars television series. We also have a special interview with author, screenwriter, and playwright Ian Weir. It's September 16th, 2021. It's been 25 years since Beast Wars originally aired, and we still don't know how long a cycle is. This is the Too Much Energon 25th Anniversary Special. Too Much Energon. Welcome back to Too Much Energon, the laser comb podcast where we talk about Beast Wars shit and talk shit about Beast Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. And I'm NeoCal. And this week on Too Much Energon, we also have a couple of guest hosts as well, making his triumphant return to Too Much Energon from Dorktales, Kelly Clark. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Yeah. Nice to have you. This is your second appearance. I it think. is my second oh. appearance. Yeah, that you know of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know of. You're just you're just in the background in the Zoom call at all times. Yeah, basically. I'm just a filter, really. <laughs> and, uh, metal here. Oh, metal here. The box slowly moving in the background huh? has been Kelly the whole time. What was that? Must have been my imagination. Is that noise? It's just a box. <laughs> and also making his first appearance on Too Much Energon is my friend and colleague, Duncan Grant. Thank you very much for having me. It's a extreme 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 honor to be on the premier podcast for beast wars in the entire world the foremost beast wars <laughs> podcast gosh darn right <laughs> uh so at the time of recording uh this uh episode of too much energon is happens to fall on september 16th 2021 which is 25 years to the day of the original air date of beast wars part one and this just happens to fall on one of our, on, like, on our regular recording days. So, like, if that isn't happenstance, I don't know what the fuck is. It's meant to be. Well, when we planned this out, we looked ahead a year and we went, oh, it falls on a Thursday. So we have to do them Thursdays from now on. Yes, we... Yeah, we definitely looked at that. We could actually not put that past you to, to do that. We, we definitely had the show planned out all the way to, uh, to episode 57. Absolutely. When we started the shit, like... Uh, over a year ago. And it's 57 because of Heinz or ketchup or... Yeah. Because, because we're all just a saucy mix here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, funny enough, like, when we when we started this show, like, just randomly a year ago, it... Neither of us had any idea... Like, it didn't occur to either of us that, like, this was going to be the... Like, 2021 was going to be the 25th anniversary of Beast Wars. Just, no... 
No, we, we didn't, didn't know there was a comic coming up. We didn't know there were new toy lines all starting. No. No. Didn't know that... Oh, didn't know there was... Beast Wars was going to be included in War for Cybertron. Didn't know War for Cybertron existed. Didn't know War for Cybertron already existed. <laughs> didn't know there were other Beast Wars podcasts. And guess what? There aren't. <laughs> so these two were true visionaries, and they were ahead of their time. That's right. Yeah. And if you're from one of those other Beast Wars podcasts that don't exist, we're sorry. This <laughs> is just asking people from alternate timelines to come and get you, right? You know that, right? Like you're you're signing your own. As soon as I see anybody that looks like me with a goatee, <laughs> I'm running the other way. Like, wait, evil me would know that and not have a goatee. Oh shit! Yeah. Also, evil uses. You would send evil Christopher after me, and I would send evil Cal after you. Why? Because we would be more suspicious if a dude that looked exactly like us came up to us. Oh, you wouldn't I, be suspicious. I see what you mean. I see what you mean, yeah. You would be suspicious if Don't I just walked up to you. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Act nonchalant. Hello, Christopher. It is nice to meet you. I have this night this gift right here I, oh that's the knife Fuck. <laughs> give him a knife I, I have this new uh really Necklace. cool limited edition transformers figure for you in my pocket here just uh just look the other way for a second why is it shaped like a stick of hissing dynamite uh that's its alt mode yeah <laughs> it's it's a dinobot you think it's dinobot. a g1 megatron it's actually just a gun <laughs> oh god i recently was shown uh, i recently watched on netflix i don't know if you've ever seen any of them but there's a series on there called the toys that made us yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i didn't realize that og megatron what was it called was he actually called megatron he was, he was megatron it's a realistic looking gun yeah. walter, walter, people have been killed over that thing walter walter P3. P3. yeah walter p38 the nazi gun that was a yeah. nazi well, it's gun. also bond's gun Bond used to Walter. Yeah. Oh, like that's the dichotomy, right? And so are you. Why are Japanese turning robots into into German guns? Well, they were out. British agent. I didn't want to say anything, but they might be fond. Let's just German engineering. You know what? It might have been a James Bond thing, right? Like, you know. Yeah. It's fine with Bond. Yeah. They're Bond fans. Who was that? Was it Starscream that had to shoot Megatron in the original? Yeah. Yeah. You literally you just go up and be like, hey, Christopher, you want to see my Starscream impression? <laughs> uh, so this week on Too Much Energon, we have a very special episode ahead for you. Uh, we're going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of Beast Wars. Uh, we're going to be counting down our top 10 favorite episodes of the show. We have a very special interview later on with uh, right author, uh, playwright, screenwriter ian weir the writer of uh very very classic episodes of beast wars uh code of hero which is basically everyone's favorite possession which is my favorite oh shit i just gave away my number one <laughs> you monster <laughs> dark's been completely secret up until this point that you liked that episode uh d dark dark design he was also wrote dark designs which uh we uh, covered on episode 12 of Too Much Energon, and we had a guest host on that episode as well, uh, my we friend did. Ed. And finally, Cutting Edge, 
which is an episode. That's the one I always forget. <laughs> that is an episode. <laughs> that episode has ends with motherfucking Axe Ape like saving the day yeah. against Cyber Raptors. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're improv. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> but, oh, oh yeah, this. But like, no, no, there's pro humans that use. Okay. They use Dinobots axe. Don't get me started on the proto humans. I love the proto humans. So do I. Uh, Christopher, maybe not. I don't like the kids. I love the kids. I find them so. Do you recall those? Vaguely, they like men, children. They like. I think it was like 30 years since I watched it, but I guess it can only be 25 years unless I had like an oh, man. Track. The Because of the 2020, there there's a time shift and it's been 30. It's been 30. No, what? 30th anniversary. You must have gone through a trans warp portal. Oh, yeah. Thank well, you. That explains yeah, everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, you, you were kept hitching a ride. There's so many jokes. Many jokes. I can say my any of them. Uh, to start off the show, uh, we're gonna talk about uh, how each of us got into Beast, like how we discovered it, what the show means to us, like what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and uh, to start off, let's um, let's start with Duncan. You've never been on an episode of the show before. No, never. Uh, how'd you never get into not. Beast Wars? Well, me with Transformers, it was always the toys kind of first. My first introduction to Transformers was. Beast Machines, when I was a younger man. A child, some may say. Blast <laughs> Machines? I think when I was young, there were some reruns and stuff playing of Beast Wars. And, because I do have vague memories of it. And then my cousin, he had some original Beast Wars figures, and he kind of grew out of them, and he gave them to me. And I bought some of the original like Beast Machines, as well as Transmetals figures, like from the store new. So that wow. was that ignited it in me, and I always loved them. And I rewatched the series recently, and as soon as they switched to Transmetal, like it just evokes so much nostalgia. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. So for me, it started with the toys, right? And now, like, and I, I watched the series when I was younger, and I even rewatched it like maybe ten years ago. But I rewatched it recently, and it had a lot more meaning now. You know, now that I'm a bit older. Isn't it weird how it's you see things you didn't see even when you were like a young adult or a teenager? Yeah. I was like, man, this was for kids. I think that's the key to kids' shows is you have to write them like young adults. You have to treat them as adults. Yeah. If you want to write intelligently. Well, it's like a bunch of the old Bugs Bunny stuff too, right? Like it's written for anybody and it doesn't treat, it doesn't talk down to kids. No. Well, and indeed, they, indeed. Teach, teach them, but don't talk down to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, indeed, when we spoke with Ian Weir, uh, that's he. That's essentially what he said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he said kids are way smarter than most people want to give them credit for. A lot of adults. Yeah. And even when they don't necessarily get the deeper meanings behind things, they can like it. They can like it for different reasons. Might see something that adults don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it's still a, a strong story with strong characters, like, kids are still going to resonate with it, even if they oh, yeah. don't necessarily understand everything. Yeah. In it. They're not going to tear up. It's funny, watching these as a kid, or even like a teenager, I'd be like, oh yeah, oh, th this episode's lame. And then as an adult, I'll be like, too much energon. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Too many tears. Too many tears. Too much tears. <laughs> 
much crying. Too oh. much crying. Yeah, well, I found really it's my allergies. I found really interesting rewatching it like this time over was I noticed like a little bit of a shift between the original Beast Wars when they're in their beast form and then when they went to Transmetal, like I noticed like a bit of a shift in like the tone of the show. Like it got a little bit more like slapstick and like Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right? Mm-hmm. Like and obviously like I didn't notice that when I was younger and stuff, but now like I it I did notice it. We noticed. We know <laughs> there there is an episode of this show that is basically just fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah, like literally just an episode of Looney Tunes. And I, I for it's funny because I was dreading it for so long. Yeah, when we were uh like approaching that in the podcast like ages ago. Now this was like episode twenty or something like that. Yeah, um, and I was pleasantly surprised because when like when 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 we watched that episode like as we were recapping the events on the podcast, like, I couldn't contain my laughter just explaining the things that go on in that episode. Like, I loved reviewing that. And I, at the end of it, because he'd been like, oh, man, Christopher was like, not the not the Energon farts episode. Yeah. I'm dreading it. And I'm like, I don't really remember that. And he's like, oh. and then we watch it and we're like, is this hilarious and one of the best episodes? He's like, it is. Energon, I don't remember this one. Indeed, the like bit where uh, Rhinox actually delivers the final Energon fart. I made like the sound bite of uh, Megatron being like, "Oh no, not that!" As so, part of the intro to the show for ages, the Maximals find out that to keep their energy up and whatever, they can also eat. They don't just need Energon; they they can eat because they're they're animals half the time, right? And Something that these machines kind of forgot about. And then remembered, and, and then made it poisonous. Anyways, <laughs> a pterosaur will eat a bird. Just in passing, you'll see feathers like come out or whatever. Rat Trap will be eating garbage. I want to know what, how they make the garbage first. The proto-human, it's proto-garbage. Oh, sorry. Proto-garbage. The proto-trash man hasn't picked it up yet. And for some reason, vines are covering the canyon, and okay. like growing on the axolot, the shit that's kind of like stuck over this like uh waterfall right and um they're trying to clear them away they grow too fast and then rhinox is just like mm, they ain't bad <laughs> and then he gets like <laughs> indigestion burps he's farting throughout it they're trying to help him mm. but the whole episode is like really funny and i can't describe it like mm. in terms where you would be like yeah i definitely want to watch that now but watching it it's like all the funniest parts whatsoever like just align up perfectly like dinobot is like ah don't shoot i have a prisoner and all the predacons like look at each other like it's like a like a Tarantino movie. Oh, and then they just open fire at him anyway yeah, and the tarantulas is like corpse just gets hit like eight yeah, times so they see um on a like scorpinox sees on a radar he's like oh here comes the maximals and like the three flyers waspinator pterosaur and inferno all just kind of look at each they're standing side by side and they all just look at each other and nod and just like open fire and then the immediate scene you see it's on the outside of the tunnel. Dinobot like is running and he like dies for cover and then the pieces of tarantulas fly out. And it's like, yeah, I didn't fucking like that guy either. <laughs> How many times does that guy die? 
twice. Just twice? Twice. Okay. Yeah. Die. So, the Predacons can be in pieces, but the Maximals don't seem to be able to. Yeah. Like, I've noticed Inferno's yeah. head gets punched or shot or chopped off. Yeah, Waspinator here. Five times? It isn't an episode of Beast Wars without Waspinator, like, getting blown apart. <laughs> uh, even even Megatron gets blown apart by... He's the only person to do this. My boy, Pterosaur, when he's jacked on Energon. Nice. Sexy Pterosaur, as we... They're, they're, sex, they're sexy Pterosaur. Stupid sexy. Stuff. Yeah, um, he, he relies too heavily on the Energon juice, though. <laughs> and he See? blows Megatron apart, and he's all like... Ugh. I have to go and, and do something. It's definitely not take Energon steroids. Tarantulas, you're in charge, bro. And he flies off to go get juiced again. It sounds like I'm making all of this up, but the show's It sounds mind. like you're making all of it up, but it sounds like a PSA for steroids. It's funny if this whole thing was actually just making up episodes. That I forgot existed. I would, I would be like, <laughs> today. It seems like I remember that one. Turns out we don't even have a podcast. It's all just, uh, we're all just trolling you. Have you seen the links to it? The podcast? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. I just, I see some screen caps of Christopher posts occasionally, but those could be for anyone. And I never click those. No. <laughs> but. As someone that hasn't watched it in a while, yeah. do you even recall like how important or when you started watching it, Kelly? We threw this question. So question well, before we get to you, uh, we're going to go to uh, a pre-recorded segment from uh, where we pose this exact same question to someone who's previously been on the show. Uh, friend of the show. No. Oh, it'd be hilarious if we just got back to when Kelly was on the show answering this question. That asshole! No. Uh, friend of the show from the What the Famicom podcast. He appeared on episode 50 of Too Much Energon, Dan Tendo. Here he is. Too Much Energon. So, it was just something I watched when I got home. Now, was it on in the morning or was it on in the afternoon? I, that I don't remember. Well, it, it was on... It was on in the morning on the American channels okay. and it was, a, it was a primetime show in Canada. So I guess I did watch it in the morning. Cause I know there was like a, a good, like between the, when I was in third to maybe like fifth or sixth grade, I would always watch like three or four shows while I waited for my brothers to shower or like all of us before we went to uh, school. And I just remember like always watching that when I was younger, like that was my transformers. I knew of transformers before, but that was like, Oh, there's a new transformers. Oh, they're talking animals. Oh, they're also talking robots. They're talking animal robots. I'm in. Like, <laughs> I think I just always was into it. That was just something I watched nonstop. And then I think I just liked it because it was different. And I know that sounds like a cliche thing, but because I knew Transformers were always cars and I knew this one was animal robots, I'm like, oh, this is different. Like my appeal for things now that I'm older, a huge appeal is like, if like an artist or a book or a movie has some kind of like offshoot or sequel, that's just literally the flipped script of the original. Like just for example, uh, one of my favorite games is Bioshock Infinite. It just took the mm. Bioshock and kind of just did the opposite. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Gremlins 2. 
it took the original Gremlins and kind of just went bonkers with it. So I like when they take an original idea and just kind of go like full hog the other way. So it's- they just took, instead of cars, it's animals. So I kind of just respected whether it was bad or good, like at least they swung to the fences. So I always just enjoyed it. That's how I got into it. I was always just watching it in the morning. And I think gradually when I was getting a little bit older, I think maybe during the second or third season, I just stopped watching it and kind of forgot about it. And then years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I loved Beast Wars. And then it was hard to find. I never had the DVDs. And then when YouTube kind of put them on in like different streaming channels, had them, I would binge them. So I binged them probably two times the whole series in the last like 10 years. Quick side note, it is completely bananas to me that Gremlins 2 exists. Oh my god, it's probably the most perfect movie ever made. <laughs> I, I love it, it's so much better than the first one, but it's Thank like... Thank you, yeah, finally someone agrees. But but it's like, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that pitch meeting. For like the person oh, did who you is... Ever see, did you ever see that Keenan and Peele sketch? No, I've heard of it though, but I haven't yeah, actually so that's seen basically, it. It's, it's dead on how they probably thought of that movie because that Keenan and Peele sketch was one of the funniest things I've ever seen on that show because it's so accurate the way it probably uh, happened uh, I just love it I highly recommend just looking up Gremlins, Keenan and Peele like it's an amazing like sketch that is dead on for the at like the bonkersness of the movie All this right. is a Gremlins 2 podcast right? Yeah this is the this is now the the Gremlins 2 podcast <laughs> Gremlins from, 2. from Laser Gre- Gremlins too much energon the Gremlins <laughs> podcast and that was dan thank thanks again dan for being on the show thanks dan thanks dan thanks dan thanks dan i know you're not my real dan i still love you uh all right so you're moving moving on to kelly now i don't know if i can top that i, I didn't see, see what is i i don't uh i don't know if you can but right. uh Give it, give it the old maximal try. Okay, someone's going to probably fact check me on this, but when I was growing up, uh, I used to have to catch the bus pretty early in the morning. And, uh, all right, get fact checking people. Fact checking. No, no, no. But the, the thing is, I remember. Did he really have to catch, get a. I did. No, I actually the I used to them on the bus at like 7 7.45 in the morning, something like that. I remember that I would have to wake up at like 6.30 every day, and like Beast Wars was either at 6.30 or like right at 7 every morning. So that was my wake up show. Usually, uh, and you grew up in the United. States. I grew up in the U.S., right? So, right. so I'm a local Fox affiliate. It does check out because Candace and Dan, Candace and Dan, and now you, Kelly. Mm. Um, you all had to catch it super early. Yeah, super early. So like that, my my my, my memories of it are very kind of like 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 uh it's a cool like, show you like, like a Vaseline filter across it. Like it's like it's very hazy and very hungry. Kind of makes I kind of want a bowl of cereal right now. Right, like, and um, hungry like the wolf, like the silver bolt. Hungry like the silver bolt. There we go. Hungry for that arachnid ass. <laughs> I just said a bunch of words that <laughs> those were, in fact, potentially English. Uh, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Uh, I mean, but who doesn't want any arachnid ass? Depends. Um, I certainly don't. No. Scorpionock, black arachnia. <laughs> Tarantulas? Absolutely not. Fuck that guy. Show show me on the action figure or, where or the, not where the tarantula just... touched you. <laughs> or where you touched the tarantula. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I woke up with it every morning, and uh, it was either that or um, the Adventures of Conan. Basically, were my like 
Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh my god, we touched for the first time in years now. I, I remember Conan the Adventurer. That was hot. Yeah. Is the theme song still stuck in your head? Conan the Adventurer. Conan, warrior without fear. He's more painful, more powerful than any man. His legend spreads across the land. And I think C is something. The mightiest warrior ever. His quest to undo the spell of Livingstone cast upon his family. But the evil kind of mumbled in a bit. And then it kind of goes from there. But it was also like, I think, a half hour earlier, or it was right when the bus was coming. It's like one of those shows for me that, like, I only caught the outro or intro to. Yeah, I think it was at 7.30, so I think I had to miss half of an episode every time. Me, Sinbad the Sailor. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, over, came on after, before it, and so I would end up, like, just missing it, and then watching, like, Sinbad, and then mm -hmm. not catching the end of Sinbad, because I had to eat, like, run off and, and do that. So, yeah, those two shows are, like, synonymous with me. So, and the... For Beast Wars, though, actually, I'm remembering this correctly, because if this, the age that I would have been when it was coming out, like, I was getting into, like, like, late elementary school at that point, and the thing about Beast Wars, besides the fact that, like, it is, it is written very well, and, um, like, a lot of the episodes stick with you, uh, was the voice acting. The voice acting really yeah, touched 100%. me. I was really getting into, like, early, like, millennial wave anime at that point, and... Okay. The voice cast is identical between this and uh, Ronma One Half. Also, this and a lot, of, a lot of things, yeah, a, a lot of shows that were just <laughs> off in the mid to late night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah. Me Megatron is uh, uh, Soundtendo. Yeah. So, like, Akane, will you come in here, please? Is yes. And uh, like, oh, Rob Walston is like everywhere in these episodes, like. It's 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 fantastic to go back and listen to the old episodes of those early '90s dubs, which are like super charming, by the way. <laughs> they're and they're actually like you can watch them. They're they're on like uh, uh, Funimation right now. Like if you want to go watch the old episodes. Interesting. So you're you're kind of you have memories of being fond of the voice actors, dude. I used to. I used to do the Megatron voice to flirt with my girlfriend at the time because I was like, oh, you want some more sound tender? Do you do? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. We were huge into Ron one half back in the day. But like, yeah, no, the voice acting cast was a true romantic. A man after all of your hearts. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Ron was great, man. I'll fight for that. Yeah, I guess I'd just never seen the English. The English dub of Ron is actually super solid. Um, I feel like I missed out. Especially in later episodes where they start trying to work in like American references, like if you smell, are you kidding? No, season six. Okay, I have a show to watch. Yeah, no, you really do. It's really, really solid. But like, it's the same, and the voice cast is the, like, there's a lot of crossover, so it will feel really homey when you're listening to it. You're like, you're not even really trying to change your voice up, are you? That's well, that's fair. Well, we also do uh, uh, podcasts about reboot. And Shadow Raiders, which also have a lot of the same voice cast. Well, because it was all Ocean Group, right? It was all Vancouver... Mainframe. Mainframe. Is that the... No, no, the voice acting studio, though. Oh, I don't know. So, I, I'm pretty sure it's... I'm pretty sure the voice acting... Sorry. I'm an anime guy with... A, with a, I do voice acting on the side as well, and have a bunch of voice actor friends. Uh, I think it's the Ocean Group, uh, which is the old... I don't know if they're still around. I think they're still around. But they're a Vancouver-based uh, voice acting studio. 
So everybody who was up here for like all those sci-fi channel TV series in the early 90s would get like side gigs. Right. So like some of the actors you can find um, from like the old anime, you, you find them as like tertiary characters in like procedural dramas. Oh, they'll just pop up here or there. Yeah. yeah, their voices. Yeah, no, no, like like physically, like they'll get a, like a bit part in a physical role. And I, I, I actually remember that, like, um, for it, being yeah. uh, Venus Terzo, the I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. Yeah, the the woman who uh, voices Black Arachnia and Beast Wars, uh, she is uh, girl type Ranma. Well, and uh, she appeared in the show Cold Squad. A really? Few times, yeah, like a live action, like. Gold Squad and mm -hmm. uh, Scott McNeil appeared in the. You remember the Saban Entertainment uh, Ninja Turtles TV show, the live action one? I yeah, I the, absolutely the, do. Scott McNeil, the one with the as the female turtle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scott, uh, Scott McNeil, voice of Rat Trap, Dinobot, Silverbolt, Waspinator. He appeared in uh, an episode of Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. Huh. I thought you were going to say something wild like he's Casey Jones, and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Get away. No, no. I, w I wouldn't have asked him, though. He could yeah, do, do it. Yeah. Could do it. Yeah. He would have been a good fit for it, like, 25 years ago. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he, yeah, he doesn't look the part anymore. Uh, all right. Uh, so we're going to another cutaway segment with uh, my friend uh, Tim. Who previously appeared on episode 12 of the podcast dark designs take it away too much energy okay we me and my dad had cable off and on and it had been a few years since we had cable and i remember putting it on which probably was like 13 or so when i turned it on and i put on the cable for the first time in years and i see well reboot and beast wars and being like oh my god this is the coolest fucking shit ever because of the three to be alive right <laughs> <laughs> both of mainframe entertainment's 3d cartoons yeah. were hype yeah what a what a double header of shows beast reboot and beast wars i feel like every canadian absolutely knows what those are are around our age yeah yeah has definitely. to yeah has to i've never ever met anybody that is not familiar with one or both of the shows i work with somebody who's never seen them because he never had cable growing up but he still knows what they are okay yeah he still heard about yeah. them he had friends that watched it yeah 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 uh anything else to to say about uh beast wars as a whole like your feelings on the the show i don't some of these shows really influenced uh, the way that i looked at the world so-called stupid cartoons too much energy thanks tim Thanks, Tim. Thanks for that. <laughs> I, I like a man who likes Tiger Tron as much as I do. Yeah. 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 Well, and Parasaur. We, we, we'll get to that later on. But Okay. But uh, <laughs> first, so Cal, how did you uh, tell us about how you... I have the most boring... Like, you remember the date and how it affected you and what episode you saw. You remember the voice acting. I don't know. We, just heard, we just heard Tim's story. So. My... <laughs> My memory is up. It. Sorry, if you're listening to this, Tim, and I know you aren't. But if you are, I'm sorry. I'm just joking. Um, uh, Tim and Christopher go back, like, decades. Like 25 years and 57 episodes. Exactly. More, more like 15. But... Yes. Yeah. 1.5 decade. Um, I grew up with my cousins. 
mm-hmm. siblings. There were five of us sleeping over at one place, like whatever, like all the parents raised us and my grandma, right? Um, a lot of uh, single moms with dads absent. And as a result, it's like my childhood. <laughs> and as a result, right, we'd end up parked on the, on the couch and who's a better father figure than Dinobot. No, I was going to say then Gary Primal. Then, then, um, then Optimus Prime. Too Primal. much neglect. Too much neglect. <laughs> Too much neglect. And uh, it was just one of those things that we had like caught like here or there. But we were also kind of like the kids to go to the like, oh, there, there's this like thing out in the woods that's like a cliff that fell apart and it's clay. And you could jump off of it and you can get clay. Or do you guys just want to ride bikes? That's that's how it was growing up. Oh, oh, do you have enough money for the new Pokemon cards? So we caught it here or there. And I was never an enthusiast of it. I know, like shocking and terrible to admit, admit on the show. Like I, I didn't even know Beast Machines existed until like like into the 2000s and I was like what the fuck was that? You didn't you didn't even know the Japanese beast wars existed and that, that's how you know I'm truly not a fan until we were until I mentioned it offhandedly on an episode of the podcast. Yeah, I was like what are you talking about? And you're like, "Oh boy, yeah. Beast Wars?" <laughs> I do not. But now but, but now we've we've reviewed a uh a, a, a theatrically released uh anime Beast Wars film. Do you want to see Lyo Convoy? Yes. Who changes into a lion. Yes. And Optimus Lion, as I like to call him. And Optimus Primal. Go, go through time, team up, and like one glows blue, one glows yellow. Like anime combine their powers and punch a gigantic yeah. um diamond weapon from Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> yeah. Then that movie might be for you. This might be for me. This sounds like it fits. Do you and also hit on this? You show. also want to listen to people say Lyo Jr. Yeah, a lot. Lyo Jr. You know what? And in central permitting, would you like to watch the uh, the next time we watch Beast Wars anime? Do you, do you yeah, I'll, I'll be here on that. Is he hey. All right, okay. Lyo Jr. Yeah, that's just how it is. All right, that's that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the summary for me. Uh, we caught it here or there. We still really liked it. Right, like, yeah. I, I always remembered like Cheetor, and as a kid with like ADD, my cousin and I, fucking Cheetor's the man. Oh, these adults like keep like telling him he's like too childish, right? Like oh, like oh, Cheetor, you know you have to be more responsible. We resonated with that. Fuck you, we want to go ride bikes. Oh well, you guys have to be back at nine, or maybe we stay out in the clay pit until midnight. Who's to say? Maybe we encounter a underground Energon vein and get teleported to the Predacon base. That only happened once. <laughs> that wasn't. Energon. And we got that out. Was, that was like a heroin stash. Well, no. Well, we we got out of the van while it was moving, so we're, we're okay. <laughs> you had to tuck and roll, but you know you yeah. made it. You had to go into beast mode. Yeah. Why was that guy dressed as a clown? Why was he saying terrorists were terrorized the entire time? If you, you've never truly lived until you've seen your 12-year-old cousin Mm. punch a 50-year-old man in the throat. (laughs) Because he's trying to steal your bike. That's the kind of upbringing I had. I love the trailer park. Love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I can. It's a. It's an upbringing I can definitely relate to. Did he get the bike? Oh fuck no! Nice. My cousin punched him in the throat. Okay. I kicked him in the balls. He'll throat punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, twelve and thirteen year old us fucked shit up. Yeah, kicked him in the balls. Just insult to injury. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, had it coming. Yeah. And then our and then our cousin went and uh, um, did something to his tires the next day. Polished them. Polished, polished those tires. That's right. As an it's apology called, for the beating, that it's called trailer park justice, <laughs> and it was served. I'm not. I, the Predacons I, know exactly what I'm talking about. The trailer park. Pardon me. The trailer park. The Predacons are not in the trailer park, huh? The, the Predacons would cheat on their taxes, man. They they they'd be in wealth. They don't. Sure they the Predacons don't pay taxes. Tax. No, but they have trailer park justice. You're fair. Yeah. Sometimes you just get shot on a missile and sent all the way to the maximal base. I mean, you know, sometimes. 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 By, by a cross-country missile. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. That That's how Beast Wars opens. <laughs> uh, going to a, another pre-recorded segment, uh, Candace Santora from the Stasis Log podcast. I like Candace. Uh, she yeah she appeared on an episode with you yeah. as a matter of fact uh, great making her third appearance now on too much energon uh, here she is to explain how she got into beast wars too much energon wars started actually on for me literally September sixteenth nineteen ninety six because it was before school and it was super early because we had a really long bus ride we lived farthest away from the school. And uh, so we get up super early and my brother was channel, channel surfing and stopped on this CGI cartoon. He said, well, look at this. And all I remember, like the first thing I remember is Cheetor running and his eyes getting real huge. And I'm like, what is this? And then they started going on the show. They started transforming and we're like, holy shit, this is Transformers. And um, I was so stoked because they were animals this time instead of cars and inanimate objects for the most part. Um, so I was just thrilled and I was completely immersed in the CGI and the writing and the voice acting. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing back then. <laughs> was I in middle school? I was in sixth grade or seventh grade or something like that. So this was pretty, pretty amazing. And um, so some of the credit, some of the credit has to go to my brother finding it while he's channel surfing. He gets <laughs> one credit. <laughs> some credit. Just one. <laughs> and just I immediately fell in love with the show. And at, we didn't quite understand at that point how cartoons were um, aired and how it was like just one episode this week and next week is a new episode or whatever. Because um, it was like the first show we actually got into and started following um and also reboot was kind of airing around the same time for us here in the states or something like that so we started watching that show too but beast wars was our was well for me it was my my baby it's animals and robots it's animals and robots it's to love. and there's no humans it's fantastic <laughs> i'm just kidding um and then i uh some of the episodes at some point it started we couldn't watch them at the time or, or whatever. So I was the master of uh, figuring out how to record the VCR 
on what channel, this day, this time, I was the master at that. Oh, so you learned technology just to, to catch the show. <laughs> to catch every episode. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, I, I did the same thing back in <laughs> back in the day. So I, right, I, I'm with you there. Your... <laughs> oh, I'm sure anyone listening to this uh, uh, is <laughs> is old enough to to remember VHS. Mm-hmm. So, um, ever since that, do you remember what episode that was? By any chance, the first one that one that was the very first episode that they aired was number one. Beast Wars Part One. Nice. Just I thought so when it. you said you saw a cheetah running in his right, eyes. His eyes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's when he um, ran up next to the other cheetahs. Yes, yes. What's shaking, cats? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so actually, you know what? Maybe that was actually the other cheetahs. Their eyes are bulging like, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, they freak you. out and, and, and run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's a it's a very comical scene. I made it the the episode art for the the first episode of this podcast. Nice. Yeah. So I've heard through the grapevine that you were into art at a young age, but drawing part, a particular type of art involving animals that transform into robots. No. No. I don't know where you heard that. Okay, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that I think I started draw. Well, I got most of my practice from The Lion King. I was obsessed with The Lion King, and I think that came out before Beast Wars. Wasn't that '95 or '94 or something? '94. '94. Thank you. Um, I have a weird memory for dates. <laughs> That's good. I'm terrible with dates, to be honest. I suffered through history class. Um, I just couldn't keep the dates straight. And um, yeah, so I practiced a lot with uh, the Lion King. So I was drawing that endlessly. And um, so Pokemon I did that too. Um, but I did Pokemon. Yes. Because <laughs> they're so easy. Though. They're easy to draw. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they're cute and fun. And they all kinds of powers. And- mm-hmm animals who doesn't want to draw the animals that you wish you could carry around a little pokeball it makes sense that you upgraded to beast wars because they're they're cute and they have powers yes yes they have alternate forms too yep just makes for a lot more drawing but how do you feel about digimon i never got into it i can't really say my brother loved it and i don't know if that influenced me but i didn't like it probably because he liked it But I was like, no, I don't like this. This is like lame Pokemon. That's lame. <laughs> so, so Digimon then is the uh, the the GoBots to uh, Pokemon as Transformers. Yeah. Mm, I could see that. <laughs> Fucking GoBots. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I started drawing Beast Wars characters. That was like um, ninety seven or ninety eight. It wasn't immediately when the show started. So. And when I started drawing them, they were just kind of like lines. And I was like, nope, nope, they got to look like them from the show. So that was when I started pausing the TV with the VHS. I record the episodes, I would pause on the TV. And the pauses would only last like five minutes. So I'd sit there. Yeah, and the, draw, the screen draw, draw. would always <laughs> shake. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And lines here and there. 
So that was when I started drawing like lines. And, and when I looked at it, I was like, okay, it's okay, but I really want it to look like the CGI from the show. And that's when I would, we eventually got the internet and I would start printing things and scenes from, um, from offline. And then I could have the picture and sit there more than five minutes <laughs> and start shading everything and all the details. And that was when it started to morph into more and more of what it looks like now. And it looks Amazing. incredible now. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, no it's, flatter, um, no flattery here either. Like, no, your your art's incredible. Thank you so much. Too much energy. So what I really like about her story is that her story is like as elaborate as mine. And the fact that like she was fucking like taping episodes every like on VHS and shit, just like I was. She learned tech as a kid to learn how to preset her uh, v VHS uh, VHS recorder so that it would actually get Beast Beast Wars. That wasn't as easy as people think it would be. Like it would. It's it, not. I knew how to do that shit. But. I know, but it's still like it confused the hell out of our parents. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the age when like millennials started realizing they could figure shit out. With yeah. I remember when I was a little kid, be like, oh, like my my mom and my grandparents would always want me to like hook up shit for them. Like yeah, hook up yeah. game consoles, hook yeah. up stereos and all that. And thinking back, it's like it's literally just like screwing in a coaxial cable and there's like, a, it's just like in. Like plugging plug in like uh uh, composite cables like what's your coded? Coded, they've like, always been color coded. Simple as shit. Hell, in the eight, there are only two of them. When, of course, when I, you know, when I was like eight years old, like I felt like a fucking genius. You're like, because these grown ups like don't know how to do this. So I'm like, oh, sweet, I must be doing something really complicated. And, and basically, that was the lab. Yeah, you're just like, I'm in. <laughs> It basically hacked the internet. Yeah, my, my grandma gave me an Atari uh, 2600, uh, the wooden one, and then the, the 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 plastic smaller one that came out a year or two a year later. The wood one's better; it goes faster. And I I did not know that. <laughs> and but that um, have blast processing. I just meant if you throw it, it goes faster. Oh, well, it hurts more too. It's that re residual like splinter. Yeah, like a station wagon. You get grazed by one of those guys. You're done. <laughs> You're going home. You got to put some Beast Wars. And the, the Atari did have that like janky, like you actually have to wrap the wire around like the, the cable thing and the yeah. splitter and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that was the most complicated that any connections had to be at that time. And it just got easier and easier. Like now, what is it? You HDMI in and, yeah. and you're done. Yep. Uh, with one exception, I recently upgraded my own streaming setup, and you have to do kind of a version of the wire wrap, like, but it's it's like with this like C clamp for the uh, Wi-Fi router for the for the tower, because I, I didn't get one with a built-in. Also, oh, just like just uh, before before you do that, just make sure you uh, spare the store weapons and ammo in the hole underneath the armored flooring. Well, yeah, obviously. Obviously. So how I got into Beast Wars, uh, I, I've explained the story on the, the show before, but if anyone who's listening is new to the show, um, I caught the show on the day it originally aired uh, in Canada. It did not air in the morning before school. It aired in primetime. That's right. On YTV. Beast Wars was a fucking primetime TV, baby. 
Uh, so, uh, basically, like, I was really, like, in the mid-90s, was really hype on Transformers. Like, I had Transformers the movie that I watched over and over and over again when I was, like, 9 or 10 years old. Like, I went through a period where probably at least, like, 100 days that I watched the movie, like, every day. Kids are weird. You should do a yeah. podcast about that. Uh, we did a commentary track. Did you know you should do a podcast where, you're, like, every every week you watch the same Transformers movie over and over? If I was going to do a, that as a podcast, it would have to be about Transformers the movie. Because I think I that's the only movie I could do that for. Maybe that or Spaceballs. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Because there's a, there's a podcast about that called The Worst Idea Ever, where they watch Paul Blart Mall Cop every <laughs> week. Or the Sex in the City movie. They pick the worst movie what? possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They torture themselves by watching the worst movie possible. So is there a bad Transformers movie you could watch? Yeah, <laughs> it's the directed by, directed by Michael Bay. It's Michael Bay. With all the Michael Bay movies oh, in here. That's a good point. <laughs> to, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I think the first one's pretty cool. The first one's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. One was Shia. Yeah. What a Shia surprise. Mega like Fox Shia. looks pretty good opening the hood of that car. I like how we're just talking about what's good, and that's the shit in the trailer. <laughs> Megan Fox opening the the hood. I mean, Shia LaBeouf being Shia. I mean, they got uh, they got Optimus back, and uh, for some reason they used Hugo Weaving for Megatron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mister Anders Anderson bot. We've been transforming, waiting for you. You must take the Energon to Mount Doom. <laughs> uh, so I, I was really hyped on Transformers the movie uh, in the mid-90s. Um, I like really liked Transformers when I was a little kid, but it was kind of slightly before my time in a way. Because like the show ran from uh, 80... The original show ran from 84 to 87, I think, and I was born in 85. But I still caught reruns of it, and the toys Fair were day. still like readily available. Like I had tons of the Transformers toys when I was a little kid. Um, but then like Transformers Generation 2 came on in like 1993, which was literally just like repackaged episodes of the G1 cartoon with a horrible CGI intro added. I, I don't know Duncan, if you've ever seen it, but like eighty CG is best CG. What are you talking about? Like nineties CG. Look, look up the it was experimental, and some of it was horrendous. Look, Max Headroom. Look up, look up on oh, YouTube the uh, the Transformers Generation Two intro. Yeah, yeah, it's it. They tried. <laughs> Did they? It's a treat. Not in the way you expect, though. Anyway, so um. Uh, around like uh, like around like 96 or so like i had been i'd kind of fallen out of transform like i was still really into the movie but i i started getting curious if there was like a new transformer show and i was, was flipping through the tv guide and couldn't find anything i'm like oh okay you were specifically looking for transformers i was yeah this is a detail that actually i didn't remember until recently there, there was a period of about, like, a couple of weeks where I was starting to, like, wonder if there was a new Transformers cartoon and, like, if, or if, like, or if, like, Transformers Generation 2, like, if it was on. Transformers was meant for you. Kind of. People, like, that are, like, cool if there was new Transformers. So, uh, me and my mom had just moved into a new place and we, we had cable set up and uh, I was looking 
through the TV guide and uh, I decided I wanted to, or I, I noticed on YTV that uh, Reboot was airing at 7.30. This was like a Monday night, I think. And I saw in the TV guide, like before that, this was at like 7.25. Can you explain what a TV guide is to, some, to the part of the audience? A TV guide was a magazine. It still exists, but... Wait, does it? Yeah, it does. Older people like to... Older. The magazine that tells you, that gives you channel listings. So, you know, if you're watching uh, something on TV, if you have cable, like if you have a digital box, if you're any, if you're younger than like 25, you probably don't. Um, it's like a guide button on your digital cable, but exactly. in paper form. But in paper form. This, this is how we, this is how we did it. In and the, horoscopes, in the if I remember correctly. And there, there was articles and stuff. Um, but so... Uh, it said that Reboot was going to be coming on at 7.30, and it was like 7.25, and what it said was on, currently on YTV, was something called Beasties. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck Beasties is. I didn't, it was 11, I didn't say that, but I was like, well, I don't I know. probably did. I was like, I don't know what, <laughs> now my mom would have, like, smacked me in the face if I'd done that. Um. But I was like, okay, well, it's only like, it's only like, it's 725 now. So I'm going to just go to YTV and wait. And what was airing, what I saw was a shot of, it, it was Beast Wars part one, uh, the, the big battle in that episode, uh, Pterosaur and Waspinator were flying and start shorting out. And I'm like, oh, this is like a computer generated cartoon, just like a reboot. That's cool. Yeah. And then I see the shot of Megatron like shorting out the and being family guy avatar the cruise computer stop cameo from my uh alexa device <laughs> uh what was it picking up on there you said computer graphics or something like that oh yeah cg right right okay hmm. i don't know that one ah stop um that uh that that shit gets really annoying when you're watching star trek oh i oh my god i bet and i found that out the hard way listeners viewers uh don't set your amazon uh, uh alexa wake word to the c word and then watch Talk star trek before. because uh oh boy does it does that get annoying really quickly okay i have questions about this but i'll, I'll uh, ask later uh yeah off air um so anyway so i see the shot of like uh this like purple like metal like dinosaur guy like shorting out and he's like energon field build up convert back to beast mode and he transforms into a into a t-rex and i'm like my eyes are just like bugging out of my head i'm like, I'm like what i'm like what is this did he just is, is this trend no, this it this can't be Transformers. And then I see like the the bit at the end with like Dinobot like confronting them on uh, on the bridge, and then it has the splash screen uh, at the end, and it says Beasties, and underneath the words Transformers uh, comes up, and I quite literally like leapt out of my seat with excitement. Just I I was like I had no That'd idea be a what pretty hype moment. I I had yeah. no idea what the hell I just saw was what I had just seen was, but I was like, I, I flipping through the TV. When is this on again? When is, I, I need to, I need to watch it. 
Um, and from then on, like I, much like uh, Candace, I started taping every episode and just watching them over and over again. And yeah, that's. And now you own them on Blu-ray. I also have a, in front of me, a VHS copy. The Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. Unopened. Do you have a VHS player? A VCR? Yes. That's what they were called. Technically, you're not wrong, because... Did you just have trouble pronouncing the word wrong? No. Okay. I just thought... For dramatic review? Were you? Computer, tell me that. Oh, God. Stop. 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 Sorry. Um... I don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't about. remember, Ellie. Anyway, Christopher Siege. <laughs> anyway, uh, after now doing this podcast for over a year now and going through every episode one at a time, like just combing through them, uh, I kind of came to the realization that I think this is probably my favorite show of all time. Really? Of all time. Of all time. Top, And I'm even, like, I'm a huge fan of shows like Breaking Bad, The Shields, 24. Like, I'll even put it above them. You want you want to go with the quality writing. It's I say that as a joke, but it's actually like it's a really well written show. Well, what it what it comes down to for me is like I don't think any show has impacted me, has had like such a lasting effect in my mind. Yeah, as much as Beast Wars has. Yeah, huh? It's really like cool. it's it's a show that's just. When I was like, when I finally like came up with the idea after years of wanting to do a podcast of some sort, the thing that popped into my head was to do a podcast reviewing episodes of Beast Wars one at a time. So, yeah, and you were you were just like fucking. You uh, messaged me one day, and you're like, "Fuck it, do you, do you want to do a Beast Wars episodic podcast?" And I was like, "Hell yeah." <laughs> like I, I wasn't like wait a second i was just like fuck yeah okay mm-hmm. good shit you're, you're, you're like would anyone want to listen to that and i'm like i don't care and that is why you're doing well with it because <laughs> you're doing this because you love it exactly yeah. um has beast wars affected anyone else's um like fond memories or growing up because you said it affected you positively and you remembered it for a long time like all the way into my attitude. I don't know if it's the same for Kelly and I, but we're like, it didn't. We're casual. We're filthy casual. It didn't affect my growing up. But you brought a couple of the figures yeah. along here. What's yours? Got uh, Tiger Hawk there. Nice. We got the uh, Megatron there. And Inferno there. And Transmount Megatron. Nice. I the Inferno like, looks great. Yeah, it's incomplete, but I got it from my buddy. Show us to Jacob Dundas. Thank you. <laughs> but it definitely has like a, a huge, like uh meaningful part in my life. Cause like like I said, like I grew up with like the first introduction to it was Beast Machines, but like I dived into and I think I, I watched some reruns and stuff too, but like growing up, like Transformers was like my thing. Like I love Transformers more than anything. Mm-hmm. So and still to this day, like I got out of it a little bit and I've come back into it now and when Netflix did the Kingdom, like I had bought a Transformers figure, I bought some like older figures from Cherry Bomb Toys. Show us the Cherry Bomb Toys. Great, great, great store in Victoria. Friend of the show, Cherry Bomb Toys. They actually gave me a discount earlier 
on a toy that I bought. As it goes, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Really cherry bomb toy. Yeah. But I bought some like older G1 figures and stuff from there, but as soon as I started getting back into it, like it was just like a floodgate open. Uh-oh. Right? <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And so I remember like going to McDonald's when I was a young little kid and they had the Happy Meal, like Beats Machines ones, right? I still have them. Like I was going through like what I did recently, um, my parents sold their house and I went through all my Lego bins and like Playmobil bins and stuff. And I pulled out all the Transformers stuff I could find and I completed a bunch of figures. I completed Tiger Hawk by going through all of those bins. Amazing. I, I completed them, completely these full figure right there. I found all the missiles and stuff. That's the most satisfying feeling ever. Oh, you're like, by going through like nice. five different, and you found like, the Legos, right? Like, but like going through all that stuff, it's just like waves and nostalgia is coming at you and stuff. So, I don't know. It's always Transformers have always been a part of my life, and like even if like I dip away from it for a little bit, it always just comes back. So. People, um, like you had mentioned, um, Netflix, um, War for Cybertron, yeah, um, like when the the trailer for uh, the last. Art, um kingdom kingdom came out and it was like or sorry the the end of the previous part oh Earthrise, yeah Earthrise. at the end of it i was like christopher was that a realistic velociraptor <laughs> yeah in like the last few seconds of the last episode you were like yeah yeah and i'm like no fucking way are, are they on planet energon they are on planet Energon. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't wait. And so a nerd. the best part is the holy shit moments where you're like, well, what uh, you've mentioned really liking transformers like your whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your like favorite like era or show or movie or whatever of transformers? Like Beast Wars doesn't have to be up yeah. there. Who's your favorite transformer? Ooh. See, I, I really, like, now that I've gotten older, I really like G1, because I love the, like, the context, and, like, the fact that they're all figures that existed beforehand, and then they were repurposed for, like, creating Transformers. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah. I love the backstory of it. Like, I think it's amazing. But it's, it's a fascinating story, yeah. I really do like um, the Beast Wars figures and the Transmetal figures, because they're so wacky and crazy, and I love wacky, and, like, you know, it's not gonna lie. Um, Christopher has mentioned this on the show when they started becoming trans metal, yeah, in uh season two, yeah. yeah. Um, Christopher had said, Well, they're supposed to look more like toys now and transform just like them. And that Megatron looks exactly looks, like he really does good. on the show. Yeah. Well, and I got a trans metal Cheetor over there, Cheetor looks, it looks, it looks really like, just yeah. like Cheetor. So, props to him. Great movie. Okay. She's lasers. Yeah. A kitty laser that's like useless. I was actually surprised because I never had a transmetal cheetor when I was a kid. Because by the time, by the time that uh, like the second season rolled around, I'd kind of stopped buying toys at that point. Yeah. Were like that's for kids. She took a break. No, actually, that my mom was like, no, that's for kids. Stop uh, buying. Yeah. I can't have toys anymore. So I started reading comics. <laughs> Take that, mom. Exactly. Um, but, uh, so I, I acquired my, uh, Transmetal, uh, Cheetor recently, actually from a, uh, friend of this show and a, uh, co-host on another Lasercomb podcast, Alphanumeric, where we talk about Reboot. 
uh, Lady Glitch uh, found a transmetal Cheetor in the city that she lives in, in America land. Maryland. Maryland, yeah. In Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, she lives in Georgia. Um, but yeah, she, she found a figure and, uh, bought it and mailed it to me and I just paid all her the money for it. And I, I was surprised, like, it's a really solid figure, like the yeah. build quality of it, especially for a deluxe figure. Like, wow. How often do you play with them? Um, I fidget with them because okay. they're the show and stuff. Yeah. Normally, uh, like I have them out here, uh, right now for, uh, this, oh, yeah for this recording, but normally they're on my computer desk uh, to my left while we're recording the show. So like a lot of the times when we're doing like preamble stuff, like just talking about whatever, you like rearrange them and stuff. Yeah, I'll move them around. I'll transform them. I'll like, I'll usually display, try to display a different figure, like depending on what episode it yeah. is. This is a rat trap one. That goes <laughs> forefront. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, we were talking, you had mentioned, aren't those like, Oh shit, like nerd moments. They're the best. They're absolutely the best. Do you recall um either the last oh shit like nerd moment you had or like the first one when you were young? Like just I had, a, I had one the other day when I found that um uh Haley Atwell is going to be the voice of Laura Croft. Oh, I saw that, yeah. So that was a pretty good like Yeah, okay, but I would say um anything with Spider Man. Literally so you, you get hyped. You're a Spider-Man nerd. Yeah, I'm a Spider-Man nerd. Absolutely. I, I read Spider-Man religiously until the Clone Saga. The one where it turned out that Spider-Man wasn't Spider-Man, and then they're like, Whoa, wait, 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 never mind! So, yeah. um, I jumped into comics during the Clone Saga. Oh, I, I, no, no. I'll listen. I know a lot of people, like, shit-talk the Clone Saga, but because that was my, like, intro period mm. to Spider-Man, like, um... It was after, like, right when Ben Riley took over as being Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the, the the Spider Ben. I call it Spider Ben. Spider Ben costume. Oh, I with I the hoodie. Can, no, that's Scarlet Spider. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's after the changeover. No, when he when he took over being Spider-Man, he wore the the red and blue, but the the the, right. the pattern was quite different. It's my favorite version of the Spider-Man costume to date. Um, but so I I have a lot of nostalgia for. Mm the the like the the last like couple of years of the clone saga because like that was when i got into spider-man also the 90s spider-man cartoon uh, honestly most most spider-man cartoons are pretty solid um actually the biggest oh shit moment have you have you seen spider-man and his amazing friends i grew up to that <laughs> i had oh, okay yeah. I, I, I guess that i was an army brat in europe dude that meant that i had vhs tapes and nothing else so i have religiously watched like uh I mean, for one, Spider-Man is amazing friends, particularly the one where they go to Hollywood. That because I only had a couple of episodes. I, I missed out. It's it on was, it's on uh, Disney Plus. You can go watch it right now. I mean, not right now, but like, you, I, mean, you, I guess you could. Um, <laughs> so the, big, uh, the biggest oh shit moment, though. Speaking of like '90s comic books, I think you're gonna okay. get this. We we gotta move on soon, but yeah. the uh, the post credit for um, Into the Spider Verse, where they're like, "All right, one more from the top," and I'm like. No, no, they're not in the, it's like sometime in the few in Nuva, New York. And I'm just like, I had played Web of Shadows, or no. the one where there's noir and this, uh, the future is an old Spider Man podcast. Spider Man podcast. 
and even me, a filthy casual, was like, is that, is that Peter's man? Yeah, yeah. And Oscar Isaac voiced him. So, yeah, so it's pretty good. Anyway, so try that. That that's uh, that I would say. Yeah. That's pretty solid. It's pretty good. That's, that's pretty the one solid. I remember the most. But yeah, like those those moments, the fact that you you had those is phenomenal, and that you can yeah. remember them. Yeah, yeah, in vivid detail. <laughs> uh, your jump off the couch moment is like when I discovered porn on AOL. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's your come to Jesus moment in some things, but it's your come to Terrasaur moment in this moment. I guess it would have been come to what come to Megatron. Well, to Megatron. Come to me. Uh, you know before me. Yeah. Coming to Terrasaur was me when he got jacked on Energon. Yeah, and took out Megatron and Optimus Primal. Just saying, who else has done that? Jacked Terrasaur. Yeah. Let's like, like edit in that sexual uh, relation of Megatron going, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Break the demotion, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edit that in. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you could make that scream from that on top of his other suggestive voice lines. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Deep fake it. This actually seems like a, a good way to, to segue into our next segment of this episode. Uh, we're going to play a game of Mary Fuck Kill. The Maximals and Predacons. Let's, uh... I got a little bit of a spoiler for, for some of uh, Duncan's answers recently. So uh, let, let's start with revise that. my answers. Oh, but it's all fine. Are we still on? Yeah. Well, uh, Mary Fuck Kill or Mary Friend Kill? So, Mary Fuck Kill for the Maximals and Predacons. You can do them together as one team, right, as one group, okay. or you can do them separately. Um, if you don't want to fuck any member of a particular understandable country, you can the, the 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 f can also mean friend i'll fuck anything <laughs> i'll fuck anything <laughs> I'll fuck friend. no friend oh no friend no friend no so i know we i know we discussed this uh previously christopher we did yeah i've thought on it further and it's kept you up at night <laughs> Nothing but something where you fall asleep, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> so, I watch Beast Wars lay into the night and then I lay in bed. And I just think. Just wake up in a cold bed. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling Dinobot. That was oh, Seeing a montage of you getting out of bed and like going down and like, like, honey, are you okay? No, I have to do this. This is important. Just sing at the edge of the bed. <laughs> but you're just at the edge of the bed being like, yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah. That's who I was friends. So, Mary fuck kill. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you gonna you gonna do uh, both factions together or separately? I have one list. Okay. Okay. I thought about it. Rule them all. So, my Mary, who do you want to marry in the whole Beast Wars universe? You want to be in a relationship with somebody who's stable, who can take care of you, and who has perfect blowjob lips. So I say Rhinox. To marry. Oh. And he's handy. And he can take care and of you. He could right? punch Megatron out. Probably a good kisser too, those big lips. Um and he's horny. <laughs> powerful. Take care of you, Diff. So I I probably marry Rhinox. I would debate and between he, and he's got that soothing voice. Of course. I was debating between Optimus Primal, Rhinox, but I think 
I think Rhinox is on this primal, he'll be focused on taking care of everybody, maybe not give me enough attention. That, 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 that's 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 a really solid case for this rhino, right? And I'm like, hold up, hold up, change my low job lips, and I was like, let me just check my criteria. Look at a picture of Rhinox and tell me he's a perfect low job lip. All right, <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Who am I gonna fuck? You know who I'm gonna fuck. Charles right. Mutant. <laughs> right. I'm because that who knows what's going on there. <laughs> I'm kinky. I'm freaky. Leave it at that, right? Yeah. Barely string together <laughs> sentences. Yeah, I like that. I like that weird chicken vibe. I found that shit so horrible. I like the mat, like the mask kind of face, so you can't really. Yeah, you like the, the mask thing, and and then you like crying out friend when you release. That's what it's I for. I hope yeah. they say lover. Oh, okay, <laughs> right? or just says hurt. <laughs> no, of course not. With benefits, don't I'm get ahead of myself. Lover, I'd be very nice. Okay, okay. wild answer. I like it. Yeah, so that's my fuck. My kill. You know, it was hard because. I don't really want to kill any of them, but the character that pisses me off the most is kind of waspinated. Oh. Yeah. Like, Controversial opinion. The reason why I don't like waspinator that much is because he always comes in, he, he comes in, he, does, he, he kind of like fucks stuff up, but he doesn't really do much. You know, he just like does his own thing. Sure, he'll shoot some people, and may I talk about the discrepancies between how much damage uh, people will take when they get shot in these wars. Yeah, something up. we've actually surprisingly, shockingly, have never nitpicked. I, I, it's fucked, but well, you know, we we have commented about the fact that, like, you know, like Optimus Primal gets shot in the chest and he has a hole in his chest, and it's like, oh god, he's got to spend, he's like dying, he's got to spend like twelve, whatever cycles in the. Uh, in the CR chamber, but then like Waspinator gets like blown to pieces. And, you know, he's fine. He just pulls himself back. Have better um, facilities, as we've discussed. You get a right. energy yeah. bath and you come out. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Sense. Yeah, the hot tub heal machine. The yeah. infrastructure. The infrastructure. I remember that. I, so they had a CR chamber on the Axelon for the Maximals. Yeah. But the Predacons just got dipped into like what, like they were French fries, just going to <laughs> yeah, but like literally, and then they yeah. come out in their pieces. But oh, I actually never good. thought of that. It is kind of like a deep fryer. But I'm not a wasp and you're a hater. Let's get no, that straight. You don't hate who you kill. But if I had to kill one of them, if you had to, maybe I'd kill Quick Strike. If it was like gun between the two of them, <laughs> I do like his. I do like his like Western like you know. Shoot them up, like vibe that goes like the Western uh, music. That, that makes one of like us. That. Also, if you were able to kill Waspinator, that would be impressive because that dude is fucking immortal. I was gonna say maybe that's the best choice because he would just get put back together, so you don't need to worry. Or he dies. Wouldn't feel bad. Yeah, because that is the power of Mary Fuck Kill. That's true. No, my weakness. And then we'll we'll judge you. <laughs> Regardless, I'll stick with I'll stick with my waspinator because he was there since the beginning and he always kind of pissed me off a little bit. Was always fair. Like, eh, you know, you could fucking do a bit more waspinator. That's, that's an know? unexpected and respectable lineup. I could tell it kept you up at night. Well, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> it's gonna get us canceled. <laughs> I want to see that. 
And on that note, let's hear Dan Tendo's choices. Too much energy. Oh shit! I kind of, I kind of combined. I, I didn't do them like uh, on both sides. So, marry, fuck, kill, marry. I would marry Silverbolt because he's loyal. He's charming. Uh, he's a protector. So you kind of want you. He's he's someone you want to come home to. Uh, fuck. Oh, and I plus would... he can fly. So like, oh, you've yeah, always, yeah, yeah. you've That's always got a free plus. ride. You've yeah, always got a free ride. Like, yeah. Um, fuck. So fuck is a tricky one because I would pick Waspinator, but when he was uh, possessed by Starscream, because you're getting a two for one. <laughs> you're getting a Beast Wars threesome, so might as well. Uh, and then what was it? Kill. Yeah. So kill. I would kill Dinobot. So the reason I would kill Dinobot is because I would do it for him. I would like make it very honorable. So he died with, with honor. So I would kill, I would do at him, but for him, because I want to give him a respectful death. So I would like fight him to death and then kill him. You're expecting uh, undoubtedly to win in this scenario. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming I would. Win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just need, you a, just need... A, a human made of flesh is going to win against a robot dinosaur with laser eyes. <laughs> I was just gonna say you you just need uh you just need better eye lasers than Dinobot. Yes, I need to work on my eye laser precision. But I mean, yeah, I mean, how did he? Uh, who took him down in uh, Code of Honor? Pretty much everyone. It was like the combined right. forces of the the Predacons. All right. Well, I'll like bribe some Predacons and some Maximals, and we'll take him down. But like, I'll give him a respectful death. I'll like hold his hand. Like at the end of Heat, you ever see Heat? Uh, not all the way through. Well, I do. Sorry, I do own it though. Spoiler alert! I just <laughs> sorry. At the end, uh, spoilers for uh, spoilers for a movie that's older than the uh, the TV show that we're podcasting about. Yeah, I think at the end Robert De Niro dies, but Al Pacino like kind of like is holding him as like a respectful thing. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hold Dinobot like it's the end of Heat. I'll be like, dude, I respect you. He'll be like, ah. dude, I respect you. Put your head, put lay <laughs> yeah, your head it. down on his chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, when you said uh, fuck, marry, kill, I just combined the two. I didn't do it on both sides. I can't think of anyone else I would want to. Because I feel like an easy answer for fuck, I mean, would be a black arachnia. She's hot. Come on. I just, that's what I'm, I'm going to just admit it. I don't care if she's a CGI character or not. Damn uh, I, wanted to go the, I wanted to go the opposite way. So I just went with the uh, Waspinator Starscream. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone else I wanted to marry because I would think Optimus Primal. But we all know how wacky he gets in Beast Machines. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to know, you know, like it's like hearing stories of people that have been with someone for like 10, 15 years. Like, yeah, that person got a little weird, like after our 10th anniversary, like shit like that, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he visited the Oracle and just wasn't the same. After yeah, that. he wasn't the same when he got back from his business trip at the Oracle. <laughs> little, little too much Oracle dust, I think. Too much energy. Thanks, Dan. Kelly, Jesus, Mary, fuck. This is Mary, fuck, and or friend. I thought uh, to be fuck. Like, let's let's be fair. I'll have a one night stand. Um, are you gonna do both groups? I'm gonna do both because like it's it's another it's a different planet anyway. So it's a different planet. That's that's a different zip code, right? Yeah, that counts. Okay. Uh, sorry, honey. Um, now she'd agree with me. Um, I thought I had. Presuming he's going to be watching this. Um. I don't have it. And then you mentioned Quick Strike, and I was like, God, I hate that guy. I fucking hate Quick Strike. Uh, so, first kill, it'd be either. It's easier for you to decide on the kill, huh? 
Oh, way easier. Okay. Yeah, me too. Okay, you know, I don't even have to think about it. Okay, I'll give I'll give two on kill because I'm a little kill happy. I'll do one from each side. Okay. Uh, so I'll kill quick strike and I'll kill I'll kill rat trap. Sorry, <laughs> I just I just can't take the voice. Like I just can't. It's, uh, Set it off. Something <laughs> wrong with the trash? Broken trash. Problem with being a rat from Jersey. Speech <laughs> rats, man. I can't do it. Uh, very like I feel like Optimus Prime would be a good provider. Yeah, I think they're pretty like, real. I think that uh, the the Rhinox stuff you were talking about that really. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! The thing. Yeah. Oh, they're really doing this. this. Yeah, yeah. And then for fuck, I I'm I am torn. I really I really am on that one. I because it comes down between. Uh, I feel like you can't handle Dinobot for more than a fling. Just he's too pretentious. He's like a college fling, like at the fully mean a philosophy class. But I'm gonna go Megatron. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It'd be wild, right? I could get behind hearing that voice. I could. Day. I could get behind Megatron. Yeah. Or he could get behind. He's a power ball. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yes. He generates so much force, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I think I'm gonna go with. I'll go with Optimus. Mega. I'll, I'll go with the basic bitch, Optimus Primal, as as my as my my home fire. That's solid. Yeah. 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 All right. Tim's choices. Too much energy. Mary Fuck Kill for the Predacons is going to be Tarantulas, Black Arachnia, and Pterosaur. And ter- and kill Pterosaur. That's Mary sorry, Mary, say again. Mary Tarantulas. Yes. Interesting wow. choice. <laughs> well, I feel like he'd be a loyal a loyal partner. Tarantulas is a man of science. He, so. He's a man of science. I, I Yes, you'll I, find I, very great similarities between the ones I choose for the uh uh Maximals as well. So the Mary, so Mary Tarantulas, F Black Arachnia. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> and kill Pterosaur because he's traitorous. You can, yes, can't trust and he's Terry. horrible. And I just hated his voice all the time. <laughs> my, my boy Pterosaur. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm curious right. what your Maximal was. And so Ter- Maximal Pterosaur is my homie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be Mary Friend and Kill Mary Tigertron. Friend Cheetor and kill Rat Trap. I like Rat Trap, but I think he's the worst one. <laughs> okay, okay, there solid, solid choices. Yeah. The the um. And yeah, it, it was a toss up between Rhinox and Tigertron. That that's fair. I I'm with you with the the Tigertron. <laughs> <laughs> he's loyal and he wants to be free. He'll still go and out of his way seems, to help you. And Cheetor seems like he needs a friend. That. Yes, he do. Yes, yeah. he do. <laughs> he he needs a friend to, to to steer him on the the correct path in life, so he stops being <laughs> such a dipshit kid. <laughs> uh, I say, as someone who loves Cheetor, yes. So, Mary friend kill for the uh, for the Maximals is Tigertron, Cheetor, and Rat Trap, and Mary friend kill, or sorry, Mary fucking kill for the Predacons is. Uh, tarantulas, black arachnia, and pterosaur. Them titties, I tell you. Yep. <laughs> Can't beat the golden, golden boobs. <laughs> the golden boobs. <laughs> Too much energy. Ugh. Ugh. Tim. I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> uh. 
JK, Tim, JK, we love you. He had unexpected choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He had Tigatron. Mary, Mary Tigatron, I believe. I see that. He's a sensual lover, for yeah. sure. I... Hey, how dare... No, that's not what I was talking about. Oh. It was Mary Tarantulas that I have a big problem with. Tarantulas at all. That's shifty. That is. But I did say... It kind of, knowing Tim as a person, it kind of makes sense because Tarantulas is a man of science. Fair. It, it's <laughs> utterly insane science, but he's still a man of science. So I, I can understand why why Tim would would be would be drawn to that. Fair. I certainly wouldn't be, but <laughs> no. What are you drawn? Uh, we we'll we'll get there. We'll get to my choices soon. Uh, NeoCal. What are your choices? Okay. Let's do both sides here. Nice. Um, Go both ways. So for the the way we're going to do it, because Dinobot spends most of his time on the maximal side, he's considered a maximal. It's a switch. (laughs) I guess he can be on both ways. Um, And Black Arachnia, in this case, Predacon. Yeah. Uh, So let's start with the maximals. Mary, oh man, you raised some a good damn point. <laughs> See, I'm a lover, so <laughs> you know. Mary, you sold me. I was gonna say Optimus Primal. No, no, I'm marrying Rhinox. Hell yeah. Okay. Counterpoint. Think of the insurance policy. Primes always die, so it's a pretty good way to like. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> See, then you could marry Rhinox with your inheritance from the will. Right, and then you could live in. Well, but then he gets reborn, <laughs> and then it's awkward because you have you moved into the home, and Rhinox is with you, and you're like, well, "Let me just become a triad." Oh, uh, yeah. Optimus dies, and then he goes away for a while, and then he comes back with like a jacked, shiny new body, and I'm like, "Like, oh, this is awkward." Yes, I'm still in your home, <laughs> but there's a new. <laughs> Patty, and his name is Rhinox. I'm going with Mary Rhinox. Okay. I'm going friend. I'm going friend Tigatron. I fucking love him. Uh, I, I think yeah. that's what. When did Tigatron show up? I believe so. Very yeah. early in school. I just really dig his. He values freedom. He's very wise. He's not quick to judge. I, I, I dig him. He, he, he loves nature walks. You know, he's like the ranger of the group. Yeah. Mm, yep. yeah. Totally. Friend. Friend, uh, Tigatron, and kill. What's the monstrosity that Tigatron and <laughs> oh. that cocksucker? <laughs> Tigerhawk. Tigerhawk. Fuck you, Tigerhawk. You're not Tigatron, and you're not Bird Mom. Yeah, they're both. You're stupid. <laughs> you you don't help. No. And he dies in like after like two episodes I, yeah. useless character get out of here sure. and they, they die anyway so <laughs> am i changing the the canon at all no get out of here you don't have that mask in the show either right? yeah that blue mask yeah there are they they don't have it for the audio listeners uh, uh duncan brought a uh, uh an original uh transmittal to tiger hawk figure so if you're listening to the audio version of this, go to the Lasercomb YouTube channel and watch the video version because it's way more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, cool figure. Holy cow, do I hate Tiger Hawk. Yeah. Is it Tiger Hawk at least? No, it's Tiger. <laughs> oh, ew, ew. get out of here. So, Predacons? Friend. Sorry. 
We started with the Maximals. Sorry, um, I'm in Predacons now. Oh, okay. you're gonna flip them. Yeah, Buck, Black Arachnia, Dem Titties. Wow, way to way to just completely head through this up now. We we were we were. Hey, we were in a... oh, just wait till you hear hey. my choice. Hey. hey, oh yeah. The first time Cheetor interacts with her, hmm. she like karate's him out and then like steps on his face and says, I'm changing, my, I'm changing my choice. She like steps on him and my partner was like, she steps on guys in this? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and she's like, see you around kitty cat or something like that. And just like walks off after stepping on him. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to change mine. I and that's fine. Marry that stuff. She does that. Fuck Black Arachnia. Yeah. yeah. Marry Scorponok. There's yeah. nobody more loyal than Scorponok in the entirety of the, the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Kill Tarantulas because fuck you, you're a creepy serial killer. Yeah. Sucks. And you tried to weird science Black Arachnia. Like you kid, like yeah, he, he yeah. reprogrammed the stasis pod to make Black Arachne a spider, and he enthralls her in season two. Two, two yeah. Fuck you, dude. No, kill Tarantulas. Yeah, I'll get out of here. Cancel him. Cancel him first, then kill him. Cancel him. Yeah. He's, He's like literally has like a psychic like enthrallment over Black Arachne in season two, and it's creepy and gross. He's a gross incel. Fuck you, Tarantula. It's a good thing there there is no Twitter in uh, the in, in the Matrix in Cybertron three hundred year future, except going back in time four million years. Yes. Yeah. It's so, a line of beast wars. Do you want to change? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go like Arachnia. I forgot about her. Or to oh, Mary. I'm down with that long term Lady Dimitrescu. All right, love it. You love the drama. I love. The <laughs> I like. I like to hurt myself. Also, she knows what she wants. I like. Yeah, I, I, I you would ask. She wants. Yeah, you would ask her. Be like, hey, babe, where do you want to eat? And before you and finish like, the sentence, do you want to eat? <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna go with Candace's choices. Too much energy. Mary F and kill. Yeah. Are you guys saying the F? I don't say the F word. <laughs> oh, oh, we 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 curse a lot on our shows. <laughs> it's weird. Sometimes I have days where I say like F, like E F F. <laughs> what the F, man? And then other days I I don't give an F. <laughs> I think one it depends uh... who I'm around. I guess. Yeah, like I think our our first episode back uh, after uh, the the holiday break last year, I I began the show with Happy Fucking New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Should I not think about this so much? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not. It's not locked in. It's, it's not so like ridiculous. ten years down the road, you're never allowed <laughs> to change your answer. <laughs> it, it's a very, just a very dumb segment for laughs. Mary F and kill. So Mary. Okay. It, the, the the f in this context in this context uh can can be for friend yeah there you go uh, for friend because i feel very kind of weird kill. if i was trying to <laughs> screw a robot Mary friend kill very friend kill Mary friend okay friend oh that does that makes it more interesting it does because i don't i don't 
She's a backstabbing biatch now. Oh, good point. <laughs> Obviously, how that changes all of a sudden. Um, a friend. Okay, so okay, I'll go with Rampage for friend. Interesting. Mary Megatron can't do without that voice. Mm, love that voice. Um, and Valid. then kill. So many good choices here. How do you limit yourself right? to one? There's Inferno. There's Pterosaur. Oh, tarantulas. I keep forgetting some of them. Um, ah, Pterosaur is my boy. Okay. Pterosaur's your boy. I was just gonna say, I might kill Pterosaur. I shouldn't have said no. it. I should have said it. <laughs> no. He's just so, so well. He's no different than Megatron. Really, I was gonna say he's so selfish, but all right, those are my preds. That's what I would do. Why BFFs with Rampage? That's the curious one. He's crazy, but he's he's also well, like transmutate episode. That kind of shows a different side of him. Like, I love that episode. Good point. Yeah. If he has someone he can relate to or whatever. So you feel like if he's strange and you're strange, you can both. He, he under he gets you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can have a, some sort of mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, having an immortal, gigantic um, enemy crab as a best friend is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty high. Right? And uh, are we doing the maximals too? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you want to do the maximals or? Is that too difficult a question? Mary friend kill for the maximals. There's so many that I like, but no, I don't think so. I think it's. I think. I think I can. I think it's it? pretty. O- I think it's pretty obvious. All right, let, let's everybody hear it. who. Let's hear it. Okay, Mary. I'll go with Primal. I'll go with Optimus. Rattrap. He's my boy, my BFF, my friend. And who would I kill? Um. Gosh, these. Mm, it's gonna be either Cheetor or Silverbolt. Yeah. No, um, Cheetor. Well, he's really annoying and gets everybody in trouble too often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So it's Cheetor. I'll go with Cheetor. Yeah. I can deal with Silverbolt. I can handle that. But because uh, at least Silverbolt is. isn't incompetent. Yeah. Okay. I see that logic. Yeah. <laughs> I find. <laughs> Silverbolt yeah. insufferable. So yeah. we're gonna have different answers. Cheater's sure. too, too young. I can't. I can't take that immaturity. He shouldn't have been on the ship anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's okay that he was. You know, it did. It did build some nice characteristics with some of the other ones that played off of him. <laughs> he has swords <laughs> and beast machines. Who would have thought? Yeah. Dan is much more into uh, friending robots that turn into animals as opposed to doing the other thing. Which brings up a real good dilemma that somebody, uh, our friend Dan, did you have something to say? I I do. So I actually posed the, uh, the, after talking to Dan, I, I posed the moral and ethical question. And I'm going to pose it now to all of you, fine gentlemen. Since these are robotic 
life forms that, trans yeah. that transform into animals. One, it's kind of fun because, you know, you get sex with like two completely different two forms. It's like a two. It's like a two. Oh, you were going to say with an animal. <laughs> with mate. mate. Okay. No, it's like a two. It's like a owning twofer. Like, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, but now the, the, the ethical question to ask, though, is when they're in beast mode and you're doing the dirty with them, is that bestiality? Because they aren't actually animates. Then it's cosplay. So you say no, it's cosplay. If they're not actually animals, then it's then it's basically just like very effective cosplay. But they look, sound, and feel like animals. Have you? So if I'm in my persona, then it's all good. Ah, so <laughs> so this is my argument, and this made you laugh. I revealed to the, this to Christopher off air. I answered immediately. It almost seemed like you were surprised I had an answer for this. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, it's like, wow, you, 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 thought of, you, you've thought about this. And I'm, both of you are correct. Immediately, no, because that, because furries would say bestiality is wrong, but they absolutely would be okay with boning each other in their fursuits yeah. and staying in character. Okay, so it's absolutely not. No, bestiality is like gross. They'd be like, ew, what the hell's wrong with you? As they're like furry mouth part moves on their like yeah. elaborate $5,000 fursuit. Yeah, that's not how you gif. <laughs> no. No. You, you need consent. Animals can't give consent. The, fur, the furry uh, community, not that I know anything about it, is very firm on consent. That's good. Yeah, that, that's good. It should be. Yeah, for that. Apparently supporting artists. They're really big on that. Like commissioning artists for this. these hundreds of dollars. No, it's Jeff Bezos. So, I'm going to start with the Predacons. Okay, it's Mary. Mm. I'm going to echo your choice. Our boy Scorponok. He he's really loyal. He is the most loyal character on the show, as you mentioned. He's also kind of fucking dumb. So, like, he'll do whatever you ask of him. And he's a dumb scientist. He's also a scientist. So, like, science bimbo. Yeah. So, you can get him to do useful things. It might not work. You could be like, hey, can you, like, make this thing? And, like, maybe it'll do the opposite of what it was meant to do. But he's still a scientist. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Gonna be, it's gonna be a very dedicated, one-sided relationship. I know that you wanted like an auto tracker program for your stream. However, if you clap, it shoots lightning at you. <laughs> so if you have people on the show that you don't like, just do start to do a slow clap of mime it. He do he do that kind of shit, or like something opposite. Did your husband make me something for my stream? Lightning. Yeah, want lightning? I I can't guarantee it'll work. We want lightning. Watch it, like oh, oh, I just got zapped, but my cankers are gone. <laughs> and so on the Predacons, fuck, I'm not gonna go with Black Arachnia because obvious choice. It's it's an obvious choice. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sexy Pterosaur. Specifically, Sexy Pterosaur. Specifically, Sexy like Jackson. Like alive in lava. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a parasite. Oh, my job. You beat me too. 
No, no, sexy pterosaur when he gets jacked on Energon from the floating mountain. Oh, okay. And he's got he's got that like really really sexy like gravelly like pterosaur voice. I'm just picturing you like, like cutting up Energon and putting it across your chest and letting him smell it off. But but you're like, hey, get out of my mind, pterosaur! Can you leave the room but come in in your beast mode? Because that stupid rotundo hop that you do. It does it for me. Oh, he'll just come in in his pterodactyl form and like do the weird hop. Oh, he'll be coming in his pterodactyl form. Yeah. I hate to watch him leave, but I love to watch him go. Is <laughs> so, uh, so kill for the Predacons. Uh, I'm gonna go with Quick Strike. Fuck that guy. I don't like him. It he was so like... hard for me to choose between Kick Quick Strike, Quick Strike, and Tarantulas. Quick Strike is at least useful, though. Quick Strike isn't harmful. I just hate the voice. What in tarnation? I just I hate southern voices, man. Like I came from the Midwest. It's very hard for me to choose. Aren't you from the south? Why do you have <laughs> Good choice. I'm glad that in this scenario, at least someone other than me has killed Quick Strike, so I can rest easy. Yeah. If I, nobody had said that, I would have been like, somebody has to do it. Although I didn't remember until you brought it up the stuff about uh, Black Arachnia and like the weird, creepy stuff. I'm that's starting to come back into my brain right now. I, and that whole plot, I'm like, so I'm a little. Oh, all of this is coming, coming back to me now, and I'm liking it. You go, no, I'm not. It's incel bullshit. Let's kill him. Oh, the um, the involvement. Oh, that you meant with um, I, I oh, thought Black, you Black Arachnia is like dominatrix stuff. That. Yeah, I have to go first. There you go. Get back to me. Mention to Bird Mom, Air Razor is uh is really good Mary material. Uh that he is... sold me on Rhymes. That uh, Air Razor is my uh Mary choice on the Maximals. Speaking of really? Yeah, fuck yeah. We got a fucking over here. Huh? She, she, raise your bird kids. She, she's got this like, she's got this like really like comforting like you know mid forties like woman vibe to her, and she's like she just seems really nurturing, and she seems like she'd just really take care of you and be there for you. People react badly to her. Her interactions with the Predacons, she kind of like warmly and sarcastically interacts with them. They'll be like, oh, have you had enough? Are you going to tell us where blah, blah, blah is? Like, when they capture her and, like, torture her. And she's all like, oh, uh, like, a little bit to the left. This show had a lot of, a lot of S&M in it, didn't it? More than you would think. So did a reboot, though. If I had a nickel for every time mainframe, <laughs> I'd have a lot well, of it, And you invested it at that time? If I had a Dogecoin for every... <laughs> Then we would be like hundred heirs. <laughs> We're millennials. That's a lot for us. Yeah. Uh, so fuck on the Maximals. Uh, I'm going to go with Optimus Primal in beast mode. Obviously. Because you know that he's a fucking gorilla. Like, you know, that shit's going to get wild. Yeah, he, he's left cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or claps cheeks. This. Yeah. He beats chest. Yeah. It's just, just, yeah. just. He silverbacks. <laughs> Silver backs that ass off. Thank you. Thick too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. That's a lot thick too, though. In beast mode. Yeah, he's got those. Dinobot, it would be all about him. And he'd want a mirror on the side, right? And he he wouldn't care about you much. Let's be real. I don't know. It's the, it's honorable to care about. Well, and I feel like Dinobot's the kind of guy who like, finished fast, but then of making is like Bushido. Maybe that's good. But he'd leave immediately. He'd be like, okay, I'm going to go have a shower and then like slap your ass and walk out the room. And you're like, Maybe. that's for the best. <laughs> it's honorable to leave, what, taxi money on the table? There's your cab fare. Yeah, in the very least. And kill, I'm going to go with depth charge because I've never liked depth charge. I don't even remember who the hell depth charge is. Who did I say kill on the maximal side? Um, rat trap. No, I said rat no, trap. I said rat, said rat trap because I said you kill. No, no, I can't remember. You said, uh, oh, I said Tiger Hawk. Oh, right. Oh, no, fuck Tiger Hawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tiger Hawk. Fuck you, Tiger Hawk. And fuck you, Death Charge. Yeah, same Shorzy. Thing. That's same thing, yeah. You, Shorzy. But, oh, Rampage was friend for, for Tim. Remember? Was that, was that Tim or was that Candace? I think that was Candace. Candace, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, what? Yeah, listeners, all of these segments were, were pre-recorded and we did them a couple of days ago. And we actually come in live. And we shotgun them. We're all green screened. We're not actually in the same room. Yeah. We shotgun them one right after the others. They just blur together. High five never. Like, <laughs> ever, yeah, what, our awkward high five was not because we're two white dudes in our 30s. We, we also not why we're, we're sitting in different places <laughs> on this couch. Yeah, that, that's how that works. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> a week to film. <laughs> Well, you know, it's COVID safety protocols, really. Yeah. Sanitize the couch every time. Yeah. Yes. Should we address that elephant? The fact that we're in COVID times, all hanging out in a room together? Uh, who's vaccinated? Who's double vaccinated? Yeah. I have a I have a fun story about that, but I don't think it's for the podcast. Yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was Mary Fuck Kill. Next, we're going to be counting down our individual picks for the top 10 episodes of Beast Wars. Kelly doesn't have... I'm going to say Code of Hero. There you go. Ah, One episode. You were on. That's the 10th. I think ninth is Code of Hero. What about 8th? 8th is going to be episode 1. Correct. Then 7th is Code of Hero. And uh, uh, the Farting Rhinox one that I don't remember. That's top 3. Yeah. That's 6 and 3. And then Code of Hero is going to be the rest of them. I'm going to go with, yeah. Good, good choice. Yeah. All right. So how this is going to work is Duncan's going to start off naming his uh, 10, 8, 9. Cal's going to do 10, 8, 9. I'm going to do 10, 8, 9. And we're just going to go from there. Then after we've counted down the all of our lists, we're going to combine them. And basically, episodes that have commonality are going to place highest. And, yeah. and then if we, like, say... You have someone working out a spreadsheet for this. This is gonna. I was gonna say this is like I got a I got a place in the man. top ten matters and how many times they're listed matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, just tip the scales. So like so like say we all have like five episodes common on each of our uh, top ten lists. Those five will are guaranteed to be the, the top five of the overall list. It's very mathematical and calculated. We're going to do it perfectly. Mathematical. 
I, I'm ripping I'm ripping off a format from a podcast that I listen to called the Top Ten Show. Check them out. Um, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to uh, John Roca and Matt Nose. They definitely don't need plugs from me. I assure you. <laughs> All right. It's All the right. premier Beast Wars podcast in the entire world. So any shout out on any world, really insane especially planet energy one one would say this is the premier beast wars podcast in the universe yeah oh yeah yeah prove us wrong yeah We're watching this on saturday Eventually, the multiverse come up come at us beast wars podcast variants <laughs> oh we don't we we, we mentioned that yeah, preamble yeah i was here yeah Where that was you the preamble for this episode sure that was the kelly without facial hair uh-oh are you even kelly is the same as like Kelly. He's just like more tired. That's just me in grad school. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's even Kelly. It's, just you it's not he's not evil. He's just annoyed and cranky. Yeah. That, that's evil Kelly. All right, let's get started. Uh we'll start with Duncan. Uh, All right. What's your number ten? So I've got eleven. <laughs> no no. <laughs> just listen. Listen. It's because a couple you of Why not? Your dick so hard he forgot how to count. I get come crazy, so I, oh. I. You know what? You rolled with that so well. I'm gonna shut up. I was writing this list while I was getting off, so we're right on. So I get energized crazy, here, right? Um, but he's got a lot of energon. A couple of them are like combined episodes, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, but number thirty-five. No, here. top ten. Number top th- ten. Number not ten. thirty. Top thirty-five. Number ten. Number episode number thirty-five is Code of Fear. Right. Okay. Number yeah. 10. That's yeah. my number, number one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number. Uh, that is higher on my list. So we are going okay. to eye laser that away, cross country missile it, if you will, for later in the discussion. Names. I kind of went through the entire um, Wikipedia page of episodes and yep. picked ones I like. As so, one we do. Yeah. You know, As we do. So they all have significant meaning to me. Like I don't have them necessarily in order of like how important they are but they're all ones that mean a lot to me so code of hero obviously the one thing i really like about it is the early humans because human show us the dinobot for saving us right yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Bro. he died <laughs> so that we could be here so uh what's your number nine uh number nine is uh, other voices which is like three episodes almost that oh, I like that. I like that because it was the premiere of Transmetal, and like Transmetal has such a significant meaning to me because of the toy line. Right? It's on my list, higher up. Yeah. Uh, same with me. Yeah. So, what's your uh, number eight? I do really like uh, Spider's Game. Not on my list. I Tell like why it. you like it. Yeah, I like it because I think Inferno is fucked. <laughs> I love him. I love him being premiered. I think he's like. Uh, a chaotic element this show that at times kind of gets old but for the royalty but at this i do love him calling megatron my queen at the same time i think it's it's an interesting uh element to add to it i don't know that's why that's why i put it on there the predacons kind of need a hyper aggro super dumb um like Warbot on their, their team, and that's him. That was the significance of that episode to me, at least. The premiere of him. Oh, wow. What's your number 10? Gorilla Warfare. That's my number 9. Let's talk about it. Jason Voorhees 
Yep. Optimus Primal. Optimus Primal becoming a fucking it's a black villain. It's all like dark, and he like gets so Scorponok, Cyber B. He shoots a bee at him, and it latches onto his chest and starts infecting his spark. It was supposed to make him passive. This is when we were joking about sometimes Scorponok accidentally does mm -hmm. the opposite, right? The Cyber Venom, instead of making him passive and cowardly, it makes him hyper aggressive and completely unafraid. And so he ends up breaking free from the maximal base, and they're like, what if we just let him go? And he storms in, and there's like literally like times where they hear like scraping metal, and they're like, <gasps> and it's like Waspinator or somebody or Pterosaur or something. And he like busts through the wall, grabs like the mouth and face, and just like pulls them through like the metal like wall, and they scream. And he grabs like Tarantulas's like spike thing, and he like holds Tarantulas by up by the neck and puts him against the wall and takes his like spike weapon thing and fucking impales him. And sticks to the wall with it, and then just and just, then just leaves him there. That's some horror movie shit. <laughs> that that's the end of Beasties, right there. And that's why you marry him, really. Like that's well, when you need somebody to go and kill Tarantulas, but not kill, like give right. him like just desserts. Fuck him up. Impale. Fuck him up. <laughs> yeah. Up to this crime. All right. What's your number nine? Power Surge. Uh, despite my affinity for sexy terror sore, uh, that episode's actually not on my list. Is that uh, you have it? No. Right, Power Surge. We talked about it so much. There's nothing to say. He goes sexy he's juiced, and he comes back and he's like, "Megatron, I'm in charge now." And he fucking blows him up. And he's like, "Sure you are, Terrasaur, but what?" And he he blows him up. Yeah. He also blows up Optimus Primal. He's the only person that's taken out both. Yeah. That is a cool episode. It's good. It does. Uh, it's, it's funny. It just it's did not good. Much. I know. I know it's not good. It's it's just funny. No, it is. I, I, I really like that episode. One of the many times that he's forgiven for his treachery. What, what, at the end have, of the episode. Like, there are 52 episodes of the show overall. Oh, it's not the worst by far. It, and when you're only counting down a top 10, even episodes you really like, like, inevitably, yeah. like, you're going to be leaving stuff off. Yeah, Power Surge and a better mouse trap. Out of my list. Some of yours. Uh, we get to see Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's mouse trap. Yeah. I used to be like, eh, I don't know about this, but it's grown on me and him taking down his own bases like defenses and hacking the system and like it, it shows that he's a, a really good marksman. He's a demolitions expert. And he's a hacker. It's this. It's a good. That was the first episode that won me over to Rat Trap. I just thought he was an annoying rat before that. And so. Dinobot uh, quoted nineteenth-century literature for the first time in that episode. It was that episode. Was That's that right. Episode. Yeah. What does he say? Uh, it's in reference to the the title of the episode. Oh, just a better mouse trap. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I remember on that episode of the podcast, I ended up like looking it up and then reading the the line of poetry, and that's how we knew, and that's how we knew, that's how we knew that Dinobot was uh, better than the sum of his parts. Yeah, he so he quotes Shakespeare a lot, mm -hmm. probably why he saved the humans. He's like, "What if I'm still alive, but my memory of Shakespeare's gone? If I don't <laughs> save the humans, 
Or is that that's not a fate worth uh, living? No. Uh, so my number ten is transmutate. That is higher up on my list. All right. Is it on your list, Duncan? Sorry, it's not. It's not. Uh, my number. Even though I want to fuck her, would fuck <laughs> them. He would fuck transmutate, but they don't like the episode. Well, you know, I gotta make sure I keep my like persona. Well, I can't be giving too much. Stuff. Yeah. Right, because if like if transmutate gets too into me, maybe they'll start screaming. I'll get fucked over. Then you're out of there. I'm done. Blow it up. Okay, yeah, that's higher up on my list. Uh, my yeah, so we're gonna eye laser that one away. Um, my my number nine was guerrilla warfare, which we already talked about. My number eight was, and I cheated here because I combined multi part episodes. My number eight was other voices parts one and two. That's on my list. That's on Duncan's list. All Fire right. Up. Yep. Sending those away. Okay, uh, Duncan, what's your number seven? So we've got uh, Floating Island. Oh, um, that was Power Surge. Is it? Nope, not, uh, he's meaning the one with like the traps uh, and the... Yeah, right. Uh, flying Island, not Flying, is it Flying? Flying Island, Floating Mountain. I always get those two okay. up in my head. Uh, floating Island. <laughs> I don't know, it's the one with the tower and... and... Yeah, that tower bullshit. Uh, the trigger parts one and two. That's actually yeah. my number six. So um, what I like about it though, I like the love dynamic developing between Air Razor and Aerosol. Or Air Razor and uh Tigatron. That's the trigger. Um, that's the trigger. Yeah. Episodes one and two. That is in my three chunk here. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I like. You know, oh, that's, that's when you get um Tiger and Bird budding <laughs> yeah. romance. And you yeah. know what I like? It's realistic. It's not weird. Do you remember that? You don't remember no. bird and tiger relations? Not from this. Ti Siberian tiger dad okay. and hawk mom. Is that how you get that? That's how you get that. Unfortunately, that. that is how you get that. Is that is that a don't my two, like a Some of my two favorite. My lady, you're going to ride a tiger. Right? Vaughn, I hate the Vaughn. I hate the Vaughn. The Vaughn did that. Watching this shit they're just like, the <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like to pretend they don't exist yeah. too. You can tell that, like, yeah. Do you remember the box? No, I don't. I watched Thank the first season God. and a half, man. God, oh, <laughs> to, to to be alive and not know what the Vok are, such a beautiful time. Because <laughs> so I hadn't finished all the Beast Wars when we started doing yeah. this. The Vok are the aliens finally revealed yeah yeah throughout like all throughout season one and it's two like skulls are always face. like the aliens it's like the floating skulls shit on the planet is attributed to the aliens and then you find out it like in season three that it's these like floating skulls voiced by rhinox and tigatron called the Vok. and then they don't do anything and they kill tarantulas skulls. which still doesn't make me like them and that is how much they suck well, they're just nothing character. It, it was such a like horribly underwhelming uh, conclusion to the whole like myth of like who the aliens yep. of this planet are. And then they went yeah. on to write Lost. <laughs> oh, and they 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 wrote the ending to um, How I Met Your Mother. I actually like the ending. We'll, we'll fight about that. 
on another podcast. Yeah. On the the Let's Talk Shit About Your Mother podcast. Hey, that's a good name for a podcast. Patent pending. Uh, so yeah, that's um the trigger, yeah. Um uh, that's when the aliens were still mysterious and cool. Yeah. Uh the traps were dumb. Yeah, that that was what, seven? Yeah, so what's your number six? Might be a bit behind here, but uh, I'll say I'll say dark designs. Uh, that's that's my number. My list. That's my number five. Yeah. Oh, that's higher on my. Okay, so we'll save that one. Uh, Duncan, what's your number five? Or yeah, five. Um, real warfare. Oh yeah, yeah. So we can. We we already talked. About well, yeah, we we talked about the horror episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cal, what's your number seven? Uh, other voices. Yeah, which we. I that, think we that, shot away. Oh, we. Yeah, that was my number eight. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about that? I have a terrible memory. <laughs> no, we didn't actually. Is other voices on your list? Yes, it is. Oh. No, it's, high, it's higher up though. I think was yours higher up than seven six five? I'm gonna look these episodes up while you're talking. Yeah, about them. So I know what the hell you're talking okay. about. Look at the Vagar. Oh God! Please don't. Please don't. I don't know. Uh, other voices, uh, end of season one, great two-parter. Uh, it was an episode that stuck out with me that like seeing part one, like I could literally tell you like the exact circumstances, like surrounding me watch. I'm not going to, but surrounding me watching that episode for the first time. Um, good finish to the, to the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually like meeting the aliens for the first time finally after like 25 episodes took the form and they took the form of unicron and then like the maximals go into this like the maximals and predacon go into this like weird like comical bruce even though the show seems to not know the difference between a truce and a ceasefire yeah yeah so you we get like a bunch of bits where like the maximals can't shoot at each other but they can punch each other and like they can like hold up like metal plates for oh, I forgot plate. about that. And then like at the end of the episode part two, Optimus fucking dies. Like that blew my mind when that's a lesson. He fell in lava or was blown apart or whatever. Like he very that, dramatically yeah. died blowing up in space, destroying the moon that was really Megatron, like a Bond villain. Gets to monologue right before his death privately to him. Yeah. While laughing. <laughs> As he's dying. And like when he's slamming on the glass and he's yelling, Megatron. And as a kid, you don't want to believe it. Christopher and I reviewed it, and you see his parts flying through space. Right at the camera, like even a bit of his face. And you're we're like, oh, I missed that as a kid. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh so that was For me that was number seven. Uh okay. Uh so where are we? It was your number six. Six transmutate. Alright, that was my number ten. Uh Duncan, you said it wasn't on your list. No, I didn't put it on the list even though I put transmutate, but <laughs> Uh, great episode. Um, really, 
it took a character in Rampage who previously was basically just like Hannibal Lecter meets Jason Voorhees. Yeah, it was Inferno, but smart. Yeah, as we've discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. smart Inferno. Smart Inferno. Um, and it actually added emotional nuance to the character. Yeah, for sure. Even though his motivations were sociopathic, yeah. right? Because he's like, you're just like me, and he was projecting it. Yeah. Lots of projecting, but... What a out-of-place episode. It doesn't feel like Beast Wars, almost. It's great on, like, different levels. And, like, transmutate, having, like, being friends with Rampage, but also being friends with the Maximals, um, specifically uh, Silverbolt. Silverbolt. There's a lot of discussion and unraveling to do about how to perceive um, transmutate. Right. Like, he didn't develop, like, fully, and, like, to we could, like, talk on, like, mental illness, right? Or, like, the depiction that he's very young. He, he didn't doesn't have any programming or memories or whatever. Right? Genderless. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're, they're genderless, and so that's kind of a thing, too. They're not... To what uh, was brought up earlier in the um, uh, in the podcast, like about like, uh, but I said they. No, no, I, 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 Duncan. I think you mentioned earlier that like, uh, uh, you like different episodes now than you did when you were younger for different reasons. Uh, when I, I'm gonna be perfectly honest, I hated this episode when I was like when hey. I thought when I was like twelve because, and I'm gonna be quite frank here, I was like. I don't want to watch an episode about a rotundo transform. And it was boring. And it was boring because of that. Um, watching it as an adult, though, I mean, it's it's on my list. It's number 10 on my list. And number six on mine. It's a very, very strong episode. Yeah. And um, oh, I'm doing seven, six, five. Number five is the trigger. The trigger, which we already talked about. Yeah. So uh, my number seven is Aftermath. Not it is the uh uh first episode of season two picks up immediately after the end of uh like right after the end of other voices part two with the planet buster exploding and optimus prime getting dead uh quantum surge hits the planet creates the transmetals fucking hype episode um i think on the podcast i gave it a and pterosaur i gave it a sufficient amount of energon not a too much Energon rating on the podcast because partially because like Scorponok and Terrasaur are just so unceremoniously killed. It's such a stupid way. <laughs> yeah. It's something like Black Arachnia, like an episode or two later. I can't even remember. Maybe later on. She in mentioned episode. later on in the episode that she doesn't see Terrasaur and Scorpon Scorponok. So you must be like needy of So you must be groups. Yeah. yeah, so you must need troops. And he's all like, blah, blah. Like, he doesn't even acknowledge her. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, so. Uh, my number six was the, the trigger, parts one and two. My number five was Dark Designs. That's higher up on my list. And same with. I must All right, so we can shelf that. All right, uh, Duncan, what's your number four? <laughs> Well, my list is a little bit fucked up here, I think. <laughs> I got, because I have, apparently I have 11 on here, but I combined like a couple of them based on like what was going on in the actual plot. Okay. So I only have two, 
But yeah, that's fine. I've got uh, I got fallen comrades. All right, not on my list. Not on my list. What did you, What did you like about fallen comrades? The reason why I like it is because I like Tiger John a lot. That yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, it was hard for me to make the list because I'm like, Tigatron is so cool, <laughs> but like, and chill, and like, he's the druid. He just like the ranger of the the show. Yeah, so like that, and then um, <laughs> I also have uh, the web. Not on my list. You guys remember the web? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Which, which, mind you, is a great Nathan for You episode. If you want to watch a great show, watch Nathan for You. Watch the web. But don't like about the web. <laughs> I just, I think it's like a funny, like quirky, like to me, Beast Wars has these elements to it where at times it doesn't take itself too seriously, and like in the early parts of it too, like I feel like it's really well done. That's fair. In in the way like the web comes about, like I just love the idea of like Rat Trap like having to like boss up and take care of everything. That's you fair. Know what I mean, that's, yeah. that's the reason I like it because it's like nostalgic to me. It's like quirky. It's weird. Yeah. And that's the reason why I like the episode so much. You know, because all the stuff the show progresses and the show pr- progresses really well, and you get really involved with it and stuff too. But like to look back and see this kind of episode that's just like a little blip in time, and you can just enjoy it for what it is. Like to me. I don't know. It's just a beautiful. And correct beautiful me thing. if I'm wrong. That's the first glimpse of the uh, sociopathic tendencies of tarantulas. Or am I, I getting that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he tried to. He was going to eat. Chico he could just kill him. But he's like draining his energy to like torture him and then eat him. Yeah. Like a spider. Like a yeah. spider. Like a he embraces spider. his spiderness, tarantulas. Mm-hmm. I don't abide that. What's your number four? My number four, um, Dark Voyage. Not on my list. Hmm. Mm. Is it on your list? Um, Rhinox goes on a spiritual retreat with the rest of the Maximals. They all go blind. They have to get back blind. Yeah. And there's a moment where Rhinox, like, meditates, and he's like, go into your mind's eye, everyone. And he's, like, directing them where to shoot and how to listen to the sounds and stuff and they beat the predacons the idiot predacons yeah they beat the predacons without having their vision and it feels dangerous like is one of them going to get taken off the show like it even though you know no they're they're not it feels very dangerous and to be able-bodied and then suddenly something like you going blind and realizing how completely helpless you are Mm -hmm was like scary like when the anaconda attacks them in the jungle i'm like man this would be easy if they could see but they can't and they're like stumbling around and one of them gets grabbed and it's just like can they can they help him or what the fuck so it's it's scary in a weird way Mm -hmm. yeah so i i like it what's your number three uh number three is code of hero that is my number four is it on your list? It is, yeah. My number one. No, it's uh you know what? It was my ten. Um it's, it's on, on everyone's list. You can talk about this episode. This is multiple times on Kelly's list. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Uh so I mean we did talk about it at length on that episode I was on with number uh, But uh yeah, no, it's uh it is the unfortunate the final episode of Dinobot. Well, sort of. Because he comes back as Dinobot. Two. Dinobot 
the, the last time you did the Zone one, which we kind of found out Dinobot 2 had vague memories of the first Dinobot. And that, weird, right? And that's the only redeeming part of Dinobot 2. Mm. And Dinobot 2, right when he gets little snippets, he does sacrifice himself to stop, or at least not aid Megatron. Mm -hmm. Well, and he alerts the, the Mac. This is a completely different episode mm. that we're now talking about, but um, he uh, alerts the Maximals to the presence of the Autobot shuttle. Big, big deal. Yeah. So yeah. they would have never gotten off that fucking planet if not for him. Really big deal. Yeah. So as Dinobot 2 changed history, but Dinobot 1 literally saved Dinobot Meg. Dinobot 2. Whoa. So it all comes back to Dinobot, which is the focus of that episode. It's a it's a really good episode, actually. Saves mankind. Yeah, and mankind gets the hammer. That's great. At the end, and that's great. And that's Proto Thor at the end of the I, episode. The Legends of Thor, they you know how like the the was it the, the Romans, the Greek the Greeks based their gods off the Romans or vice versa, and yeah. So I think you might know a little bit more about history than than I do. And um, all the gods kind of have history. No, doesn't matter. Pagan gods, all the gods go back to golden system lords. Go old, yeah. Which means they all go back to the Vox. Oh no, 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 no! They go back to because the proto humans never meant the Vok. Thank God. The Vok, that's right. But the Vok are the ones, according to the Wikipedia article I just read, that chose the proto forms, according to one interview. I know, I don't it's believe just a, It's just a web woven by Arachna. By, by, by Tarantulas. By the Matrix. By the Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix has you. Uh, so, yeah, it's a fantastic episode. And uh, it's stuck in your head. My head, yeah. Yeah. I cried at the end. I definitely teared up at the end. I've been watching it, like, na like, as a kid, I was, like, kind of in disbelief. But as an adult, I was like, holy cow, I can't believe this is a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you had watched it when it, you watched Beast Machines and then you watched reruns. Do you remember yeah. Code of Hero? No. You watched it later when you were a little bit yeah, older. I watched it like maybe 10 years ago and I recently rewatched it all and like it hit away way, way harder recently when I rewatched it. Yeah. Uh, I remember they played them out of order at times though. So, right? Like Dinobot would die and then he'd be fine. The next episode, you'd be like, Regular goals oh. have been firm. <laughs> oh, that that is something we talk about at great length, especially yeah. during the first season. Um, so, so that was my number two. Oh, three. That was your number three. Yeah. Okay, so my number four was Code of Hero, which we just talked about. My number three is Double Jeopardy. Not on mine. This is an episode you actually mentioned earlier about when you talked about Black Arachnia, like like roundhouse kicking Cheetor and right, then, like, yeah. bopping onto maybe that should make my list. <laughs> no, that episode's just great. Like the 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 Maximals think that Rat Trap is a traitor, so he's sent to infiltrate the, the Predacon base. That is a good and, like the shenanigans he gets up to in the ship are just hilarious. I, I love that episode. That is a good one. Uh what's your number two? Um Dark Designs. Uh that was my number five. Is it on your list? I think it might be. Little Ryan accent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's on. Okay, it's on my list. Is like 
number three slash four. Okay, so mine was yep. Um, Dark Designs. I I as written by as written by Ian Weir. Yeah. Um, goes bad, man. I I love like evil snarky Rhinox. Everybody loves a bad boy, right? Yeah. I also <laughs> yeah. love like he uh, quick sidebar, but I love his, his color scheme in that. When, when he gets turned yeah. evil, I'm really hoping for like a like generation selects like redeco and all eventually of the Kingdom yeah. Rhinox, uh, like in that color. Scheme. That would be kind of cool. It would be. It's kind of feels like something Hasbro would do too. Yeah, I the same one, just different colors. Yeah, make some money. Yeah. Do you remember Evil Rhinox? Maybe. Maybe. It kind of like like smushes like. Does the the cartoonic like slamming of heads between Scorponok and I feel like so that part, yeah. 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 So Megatron turns Rhinox evil and uh, Rhinox. This kind of backfires because Rhinox just tries to take over the Predacons, mm -hmm. and he's doing a pretty damn good job at it because he's doing it smartly, like taking them out one by one, and then also like manipulating allegiance to manip him, manipulating them to turn on each other on them to turn on each other hmm. pretty great nice love that episode uh what's your number one are we moving on to number one uh no I, I'll, I'll do my number two then uh, okay uh my number two is the low road that's my number one <laughs> it's your number one it is it 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 moved up there for me it, it's the perfect beast wars yeah it's stupid it's funny the the maximals win um talking about tarantulas yeah just be like i have a hostage hold your fire and they just yeah don't, yeah don't do not it. fire megatron i have a hostage why so you do the blast he just blows tarantulas to pieces and then dives out of the, the whole way. episode from beginning to end is like that and i didn't remember that as a kid i was like eh. hmm. fart humor i don't like it but it's a lot less it's less focused than I remember it being. And then when it does come in, it's just funny. Mm -hmm. Like slow moving, sick, like Rhinox just shows up at the end in Tarantulas' lab, yeah. by the way. <laughs> oh, How And he blows up a Tarantulas' lab. Yeah. Another plus. 10 out of 10. So that's my number one. Um, uh uh, my number one was, uh, I spoiled this earlier, Possession. What? Yeah. Didn't you, didn't you not give that a Too Much Energon? I, we didn't have the Too Much Energon scale at that point. We introduced, well, that makes sense. We introduced the Too Much Energon scale, I think, with uh, on the next episode. I had liked that more than you. I feel bad now because I didn't put it, I felt bad because when we did our top five or like whatever with Candace or yeah. whatever we did, I put that as my number one, and I was like, I can't put that on my list now. And now I feel bad. Yeah, uh, Possession is my favorite, top to bottom, my favorite episode of Beast War. Actually, how come? Uh, well, you're acting surprised, but I remember we we, we told Ian to hear this. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Possession, uh, it's great. Uh, I really love the dialogue in that episode. Um, Megatron it, it had some fabulous lines. I'm being dramatic, I I, I knew Christopher loved it. <laughs> Megatron had some fabulous lines in that episode. Um, and 
Uh, I love Scream. Uh, Star Scream. The first time the show actually connects to G One. Yeah. And uh, just the the back and forth between Star Scream and uh, Black Arachnia, and the way Black Arachnia manipulates him. Well, yeah. the episode's really funny too. On top of it, that, it's a good one. Yeah, I, I kind of regret not that not being in here. Yeah. Uh, so that was my top ten. Now let's let's combine the lists. Uh oh. All right. Uh, I'm the only one with possession, so that's cut. Well, it's not quite cut, but it's it has it has ten points from you. So the low road was my number two. Was my number, number one. one was it your on your list, Duncan? It's not even on Duncan. Sorry. Okay, so that's probably going to be number one. Uh, Double Jeopardy was only on my list. Uh, Code of Hero on everyone's list. Mine was number Multiple three times. Yeah, I think it's weighted. It's weighted. It was I'm a ringer. Uh, number number three for me. Uh, there's commonality, uh, so it's it's up there. It's common. It's commonality with everyone, so it's pro. It's probably going to be number one. Yeah, I was going to say it's. So that bumps low road to two. Uh, Dark designs. Dark designs is my number two. That's uh, my number five. And yeah, you had it on your game. list, so that's probably going to be yeah. number three. Uh, the Trigger, parts one and two. Number five. Uh, it's on, I know it's on Duncan's list. Uh, island. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Flying Island. Yeah, that's what right. it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll make that number four. <laughs> Uh, Friends mutate wasn't on everyone's list. Aftermath was only on my no. list. Uh, Other voices part one and two was on all of our lists. Yeah. And guerrilla warfare, yeah, number ten. Yeah, so that's going to be number six. And then transmutate on mine and yours. And mine was six up there. So I said I'd fuck transmutate. So that's got covered. That that's fair. <laughs> so we'll make it. So we'll make it number seven. Um. Number eight, we'll make we'll make number eight uh, possession because it was my number one. It's a good one. Low roads already on. <laughs> uh, uh, dark designs, dark voyage is already. Oh, dark voyage was only on mine. Uh, transmute other places. Where's dark voyage on yours? I switched these two when I was reading them out. So dark voyage is number four. Um, no one else has dark voyage. Well, we don't have any more commonality. Okay. Uh, uh duncan what's your what's what's your number one i like the web we'll make the web number nine yeah. I, had dark, I had dark designs too though Did you know? yeah we've right. are, we've already okay. got that one yeah. okay and other voices dark, in all three of ours dark and you had dark voyage really high so that's our number 10. all right so all right, let me write these out real quick. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves. Did you like what you read about the Vok? No, I didn't. Their design's awful. You looked at what they looked like? I looked at what they looked like, and I found that the creators could not agree on what the hell they were. It's kind of like they should have just been absent from the show, and the mystery is better than the reveal. Like with most things. Like with Lost. Which I've never actually seen. I've never actually watched Lost either. But I, but I, I like to shit talk it. Yeah, I. They're not really great. I told you not to. I looked up Transmutate too, and I was like, "What the hell?" 
<laughs> what is going on? Doesn't look like Beast Beast Wars, right? It looks like anything. It looks like like a bunch of random bits out of the toy bin got smashed together. And it would be like green. So and, it was like an ET thing going on, and people liked it. Like, and they're they're genderless. Did be, I mean that's fine. Yeah. But, but what like, I mean is, it's just so weird. And no, people, I don't think it was received very well. But as an adult now, I'm like, this is, this is like really good. Yeah. Like it's talking about disability and how people judge it, judge <laughs> them, and like whether they deserve to be alive. Yeah, that's. Kinda, and I'm like, that's, that's deep. Yeah, mm. and its existence being such a trouble for people, it doesn't know if it even wants to. They don't even know if they want to be alive. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's it's kind of that's kind of heavy. It's heavy. When Christopher and I um, reviewed it, we were like, "This is one of our favorite episodes, right?" Oh well, was like, I know. Yeah. Where was it? Oh, it's it's on the list, I'm sure. Uh, and it, um, it is on the list. Yeah, we'll read it out on the top top ten. And yes. yeah, so there's that ableism, right? But they're really powerful, and they can do some things that the other transformers can't so are you thinking so, this was like a like an allegory for i mean not like it was really in the the prime stage in the 90s but like like autism rights or something like that because like that's that's what a lot of people jump heavily right and and my my partner was like wow the, the, this is like similar to like autism or like savantism or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that right they would have like back then it would have been thought of like rain manism type of thing right it, like right yeah. Yeah. yeah and um like the the psychopath character mm. is the one that like befriends them and wants to keep them alive because they were like hey you're like me you're different people don't understand you and it's it which, was which character befriends them um rampage oh. the the yeah. giant enemy crab who can't be killed um protoform x i guess evolved to crab yeah a big he, bad he looking did. x yeah big bad looking x and silverbolt also wants to protect him silverbolt's the knight character he's a fusor yeah. the the only good fusor we don't talk about the snake scorpion the snake the snorpion what is he a snake a snake and a, he's a cobra and a scorpion a scorpion See, there was already a scorpion on the show i we didn't I need another scorpion. one okay <laughs> all right so ladies and gentlemen the official too much energon top 10 episodes of beast wars ever is as follows official official this is this is canon now this is official beast wars business counting down number 10 Dark Voyage. Number nine, The Web. Number eight, Possession. Number number seven, Transmutate. Number six, Gorilla Warfare. Number five, Other Voices, Parts One and Two. Coming in at number four is The Trigger, Parts One and Two. Moving on to number three, it's Dark Designs. Rounding out the second spot the low road and the numero uno i cannot count with my fingers while i'm speaking apparently the number one best episode of beast wars as decreed by too much energon here at Lasercomb hq <laughs> is code of hero Woo. 
And we actually only weighed Kelly's vote. Once? Once. Once. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Just once. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Except when you get two. <laughs> and now you know why his partner sighed. <laughs> just imagine, like... He's only been here for a few hours. Just imagine, imagine living... Is it only a few hours? Just, it feels like too much time. <laughs> too much time. Too much time. You can't... I, I'm going to take the bait. Like, you can't set me up for it. That's the right door. And, and, and it's not expect me to, to go for it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not really. Uh, speaking of going for it, uh, our main event segment, if you will, of the Too Much Energon Beast Wars 25th anniversary special is an interview with author, playwright, screenwriter, Ian Weir. Me and Cal sat down and had a chat with him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's the writer of, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast, uh, Code of Hero. The number one episode of Beast Wars, as decreed by us here at Too Much Energon. Uh, he also wrote uh, Possession, my favorite episode, Dark Designs, which was the number three episode, and Cutting Edge, the Cyber Raptor episode. Too much energon. So we're here with Ian Weir, a uh, award-winning uh, television, uh, TV writer, playwright, uh, novelist, and um, our audience the Too Much Energon audience will probably best know you for writing four episodes of Beast Wars Beast back, Wars. Yeah, back in the 90s, um, <laughs> including uh, Dark Designs, Possession, which is my personal favorite episode, uh, Cutting Edge, and everyone else's favorite episode, Code of Hero. Code of Hero. That's, uh, that's kind of the... That's the, the most people like that's the the pinnacle top tier beast wars right there <laughs> it's yeah it's uh it it's a great episode i we so on our show here we uh what how how we do it is we we review one episode per podcast at a time and we've actually completed the beast wars run and uh coda hero was a was a great one to get to Oh, appreciate that. As, as a matter of fact, of all of the stuff I've written uh, in different genres uh, over the years, I got to say, probably writing for Beast Wars is what I've had the single most feedback on. Uh, it's, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, there are so many people uh, who love Beast Wars. Yeah. And, uh, um, you, did, you, did you freelance um, a couple episodes of Sci Factor? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I watched that with my with my mom. I I love that show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, I, I'm I'm uh, I was at the, I was about four, I think, when I wrote those. Uh, so we were about the same age then. No, yeah. <laughs> four and a half. Four, four and a half, something like that. Uh, yeah, that, that was back in the days when uh, there were so many more freelance opportunities for Canadian TV writers. Uh, basically. Uh, for in the last oh gosh 15 years uh 20 years even almost everything written in canadian television uh, is staffed uh, so if you're uh, you know if, if you're uh, in the room you're on the show uh, which is totally fine so but we all sort of shifted over into the uh 
uh, you know, in, into a different mode as as TV writers. Uh, but as far as you know, back in the day, uh, an awful lot of shows, and especially uh, animated shows, they were all uh, freelance written. So you had a chance to yeah. write a whole bunch of different kinds of shows uh, and have it was it was it was great experience and loads of fun. Uh, yeah. So that that brings me to my first question: How did you end up uh, writing for Beast Wars? <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I started out as the token Canadian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually quite funny. Um, I'd uh, the uh, Bob Forward, an absolutely brilliant story editor, uh, who was one of the two story editors on uh, on, on Beast Wars. Um, Larry, uh, Larry Dottilio, I guess, was was also uh, story editing at the time, but they, they sort of worked in different uh, in different groups. Um, but Bob was based in LA, and I think basically all of the other writers were more or less based in LA. Um, I had done some work on other shows with a guy named Jonathan Goodwill, uh, who was a producer with Mainframe at the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and Jonathan's a great guy. He worked with uh, with Chris Haddock uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, da Vinci's Inquest, uh, Jonathan has done all kinds of great stuff. Anyway, uh, I was talking to Jonathan about another project completely, uh, and he was saying, by the way, uh, how do you feel like uh, doing some animation? We need a Canadian writer uh, for uh, for Beast Wars, given the way Canadian funding models work uh, in, uh, in tax credits and whatnot uh, in television. They needed to have a Canadian uh, freelance writer. And I said, yeah, sure, that sounds oh. great. He said, okay, I'll give Bob Forward a call and tell him uh, that uh, I'm going to pass you along as a Canadian writer. Uh, so I contacted Bob Forward uh, and got a, a, you know, a polite but quite frosty response, basically <laughs> saying, we have, you know, we have... Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're a fine writer, but uh, but we have uh, we have all the freelancers we need right now. Thank you very much. Don't call us; we'll call you, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I mentioned that to Jonathan. I guess that this isn't going to work. And Jonathan says, "Oh, oh yeah, it is. I'll explain to Bob that we have to have a Canadian." Uh, so anyway, so I was foisted uh, on Bob to begin with uh, as the token Canadian writer, uh, and so I you know pitched him the idea for. Uh, dark designs uh, and but it was, it was it was really funny bob and i had a really warm email uh, relationship that uh, uh, began at that point uh, and he got back to me and said you know um when jonathan said i had to hire you i i didn't i figured you couldn't write uh, but this sounds like it could be fun uh, so anyway so we uh, we got on really well and it kind of evolved from there so dark designs was the first episode that you had written yeah yeah and it was, yeah, I don't remember the, I don't remember exactly what my initial pitch was. I do know that I was completely blown away by the fact that uh, after submitting the pitch, about two hours later, I got this email back from Bob, which moved a whole bunch of stuff around in terms of the structuring the story, do this, do that, do the other. And it was totally brilliant. And I thought, wow. Uh, I mean, like so many Canadian writers then and now, I'd, uh, I'd worked in a whole lot of different kinds of genres. This was kind of my first experience of dealing with someone who was a total expert uh, in a certain kind of storytelling. Uh, and Bob was just, a, it was and is an absolute genius uh, at that kind of storytelling. And it was, it was really inspiring to get a chance to work with him. Yeah, I'm a really I, big fan of the dialogue in that episode. Uh, Rhinox, in particular, when he, when he, <laughs> when Megatron turns him evil, he gets very delightfully uh, snarky. 
<laughs> Thank you. That's that's actually something I I, I think I loved most about writing for uh, for Beast Wars. It, that that particular kind of superhero uh, wisecracking um, dialogue. Uh, that, that I mean, I, it sort of took me back to being uh, you know ten years old. Uh, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, quick question to bounce off of that: before you had begun work on that, uh, how familiar were you with uh, Transformers in general? Not particularly at all. Uh, as a matter, of I like fact, to think they're like, "Hey, can, we need you to write for this this guy's death scene," and you were like, "Okay, he's a robot. He's a Velociraptor." How how hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually it was. I I knew it was going to be an interesting challenge. You know, it's. Uh, uh, but no, I I really didn't know very much about Transformers. Uh, what Bob did to start me off was sent me in like six or eight scripts that they had at various stages uh, development. So I did a sort of a crash course in reading, uh, you know, on what they were doing with that particular spin on the genre and as i say it was, it was kind of like going back to going back to being a 10 year old kid reading comic books right i mean that that's the way that's the way you kind of that's the way i kind of you know approach the dialogue we're just remembering how much uh, i always loved that kind of storytelling and sort of mm -hmm. went back uh, and approached it in, in that spirit it makes sense. That's about how old uh, me and Cal were when the show was on. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, definitely speaking, struck a chord. Yeah. Sp speaking of that, uh, the dialogue, um, you had done a lot of like uh, writing for radio. Yeah. But before that. Right. And yeah. I feel like even though I wasn't familiar myself with a lot of Transformers before I began this project with, with Christopher, um, I feel like the episodes where we spend the most amount of time dissecting the really good dialogue, a lot of them end up being your name rolling in the credits. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> oh, so well, we, we really like, we, we enjoyed the episodes that you did. did oh, I, uh, did I, I really appreciate that. I, I really do appreciate that. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I, I never worked as a voice actor or any kind of actor, but when you watch voice actors working in the studio, uh, it's very akin to the kind of, uh, incredible technique and professionalism from uh, you know uh, radio actors. I mean, there were you know back in the day when a lot of radio drama was being done, there were some very very good great stage actors who didn't uh, you know translate particularly well to radio. Uh, but working with really fine radio actors, you know, people who can instantly conjure a character and a scene uh, and sustain it with voice alone uh, was 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 a wonderful inspiration. And of course, that 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 does a it did and does shape my approach to writing dialogue. And I guess, so did, yeah, so with voice acting, it's kind of the same because they're just behind the mic. Yeah. 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 So, so a quick question on that note. Uh, did you actually like see the, the voice actors recording in studio, like doing the dialogue? On 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 Beast Wars, no, I, I never oh, wanted okay. to oh. on, on this one. With, with, with other animated shows, with other uh, other productions, I was I was able to do that. The I know why Christopher is is yeah. asking about that. Um, we have this ongoing joke because a lot of the the characters are voiced by the same voice actor. We have this ongoing joke that in, there's one person inside of like a booth, and he's just like turning. <laughs> 
on each side of the microphone and, and just literally switching and going just, back and forth and just literally arguing with himself <laughs> yes would that yeah, be I, the easiest way to do it in, in my yeah. head it, it seems like it yeah no it's no, they, it really is a marvelous, a marvelous craft. You know, you know, back in the day, I did, I did quite a bit of radio drama for the BBC, and you know, BBC did a lot more radio drama than CBC, and they actually had a uh, a rep company uh, of uh, of radio actors attached to BBC. It was every year they cycled in new people, but they had this pool of about twelve or fifteen people who didn't necessarily play the leads. They were they they, they tended to be younger actors, but they were really good at it, and they had sort of they had their kind their range of voices that they would do uh, uh, you know the, uh, one of the actors who was you know famous for playing young boys was of course a woman uh, yeah who, <laughs> yeah, who was, yeah. Who was in her early 30s uh and i got a chance to walk watch her at work and it was great because she would just simply click over into her boy voice and it's like her entire face would change and she would just lock into this voice and go with it, it totally wonderful yeah, Amazing. voice acting's a, an art, an art form oh. unto itself. It's interesting. You said there was kind of like a main cast that sat, so it was kind of like the the Saturday Night Live of of the BBC radio play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they were really, really tremendous actors. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for the episode, the four episodes that you wrote, uh, did you? You mentioned a pitch earlier. Did you conceptualize the episodes in their entirety and then pitch them? Or did they come to you and say, hey, we need Dinobot to die in this episode. Hey, we need Waspinator to become Starscream in this episode. In, in three of the four, uh, the idea started with me. Uh, oh. the, the, yeah, the idea may have morphed considerably. Uh, uh, I mean, possession, for instance, that one. When I pitched that to uh, uh, to Bob Forward initially, uh, I didn't have uh, uh, Starscream uh, as a character at all. I pitched it with a different kind of possession, and Bob got back to me and said, "Listen, I, I like this general idea. I like where it's kind of going, but I think we need to, you know, find other ways at that." at that spirit character. Um, and he said, I, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, I know there was a character named Starscream in a different iteration. Uh, he said, mm -hmm. quite frankly, I don't know much about Starscream. Uh, and I said, I've got no idea who Starscream is at all. But he <laughs> said, like, this is back in 1996 or something. It, you know, the it wasn't possible to go on the internet and research everything the way it is now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he said, yeah, that there's this community of uh, Transformers fans who are have encyclopedic knowledge of the every iteration uh, of the show. He gave me an email, a, a guy who he's, he recommended it. it was a long time ago. I think the guy's name was Ben Yee. Uh, yep. I may have, ben, I, I, ben Yee, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I, I got in touch with Ben uh, and he turned out to be a super smart guy who was really generous with his time. And he said, well, listen, okay. And he sort of explained to me where Star Wars, where Starscream came from and you know, the characteristics uh, and what could be done with them. Uh, and so basically between uh, you know, getting the, the nudge from Bob uh, and, and getting the character fleshed out uh, by Ben, that, that became the show, became the episode. That, that's amazing. So you character an analysis through email communication. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. So, so you, you know Ben Yee? Uh, I know of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, okay. He's he's pretty big in the, the Transformers fandom. 
Oh, cool. Okay. It's it's uh, asking to to roll back the the clock quite a bit. But do you remember um, your initial pitch about the the position? You know what? I honestly don't. I do recall it was a more generic sort of space spirit, space ghost. Uh, it would have completely fit in with the Beast Wars. You know, <laughs> no, with the space kind of, kind of Bob's suggestion that we, 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 we can do better than this. We uh, can just call uh, it the aliens. The aliens, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 As, uh, as the show was, uh, was known to do at the time, especially in the first season. First season, yeah. Yeah. Um, so was it your idea to kill off Dinobot? Uh, no, that this one was uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, put away your yeah. Put it no, down. <laughs> <laughs> no, the story itself. Uh, it was the first episode that uh, Bob had a chance. Bob Forward was going to have a chance to direct himself. Okay, uh, and since his uh, his background, of course, was as a writer, uh, Mainframe wasn't comfortable with the idea of Bob directing and writing the same episode first out of the gate. So they wanted Bob mm. to get someone else to write the episode. Uh, and so Bob got a hold of me and said, listen, I've got this idea. Uh, if I sort of give you the nugget of the idea, do you want to be the guy who writes the episode? And I said, well, that sounds great. Uh, and I sort of thought, okay, I'll, I'll wait till the nugget of the idea comes in. And what came in was this beautifully detailed six-page outline, uh, basically the structure of the story. Uh, and I thought, wow, okay. Uh, and so basically, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm the one who wrote the, wrote the dialogue, uh, but the story itself, the concept and the structure of the story was in fact Bob's. Uh, so huge credit to Bob on that one. Well, and the dialogue in that episode in particular is great. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, even uh, 25 years later, I was, uh, when we were watching it for the purposes of this podcast recently, uh, it may have been brought to tears. <laughs> that's, that's so great to hear <clears throat> yeah the, the i never cry job too. <laughs> um the the actor uh the the directing of it like the yeah. some of the episodes of it's a kid's show i know that <laughs> yeah. but the some of the episodes of that i'm like wow geez like everything came came together and this this episode is is something yeah, it, uh, it hits you hard <laughs> yes well, and I'm a really big believer in the fact that you can't approach writing a kid's show as if it's just a kid's show, right? It's, it's something which you try to write as, as well as you can possibly write, no matter you know, what genre you happen to be in. And I know Bob totally approached the direction that way, and, and, and the actors approached it that way as well. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why Beast Wars uh, tends to stand out amongst a lot of other kids' shows, even mm -hmm. kids' shows at the time, because I feel like a lot of other kids' shows didn't take didn't go about it that in that way i i yeah i i totally agree it's that you can as a listener as a viewer you can always tell when the writer the actor the directors are talking down to you and thinking they're a yeah. bit more, right that they're a bit more sophisticated than the material they're dealing with and it, it, it's always false uh and it's always crappy whereas I mean, whatever age you're writing for it's kind of a process of going back and finding you know, finding the Ian, uh, who was the, you know, exactly the age of, of falling in love with the show and running straight across uh, from that as if, as if I'm writing, uh, doing my best to, to write Shakespeare. Oh, it, indeed. Like when you, um, in, in all facets of when it comes to kids, if you just treat them as 
uh, a really young adult, yeah. you, you seem to get better results in both <laughs> yeah. entertainment and uh, dealing with with kids in person. And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah. even though kids might not understand the, the greater aspects of it, going back and watching it now hasn't been like shell shock because it, it's still good. I was expecting to be like, oh boy, here we go. Like, I'm going to dislike a lot of it. And I, I love a lot of it. And uh-huh. I think that's how, that's that's what you want want to do when you write for any age. In any age, absolutely. No, that's I, I really appreciate you saying that. But yeah, no, I, absolutely. And and you can always you can always tell if the writer is if the writer thinks they're better than their material somehow. You can't write that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, getting a chance to freelance for a whole bunch of different shows and a whole bunch of different genres. What I really found was, as long as I could make sure I found myself falling in love with the characters uh, and falling in love with the voice of the show, I could totally enjoy myself and do my best work writing for it and beast wars was was totally that mm-hmm. well, yeah you, you want to you want to like what you you what you put into it right it wants to yeah. be something that you like and and respect as well I mean, we, you, as a writer as a director as an actor you need to respect the story you're telling um it, it's always I won't mention any names, but in, in, in working with veteran screenwriters. Give yeah, us the dirt. <laughs> no, no. no I'm, just, I'm just kidding. In working with veteran screenwriters, you sometimes get people who've been in the industry so long that they're cynical about what it is they're doing. And once you get cynical about what you're doing, it's no longer any good. Yeah, yeah. It, and you can, it, it comes across in, in any art when when you're doing it to get paid <laughs> yes yeah exactly exactly and it, it, it it's a nice thing about tv writing that tv writers are, are are well remunerated but unless unless something is worth writing for free it's not really worth writing is it right because there's got to be the joy in the joy in writing it needs to be its you know its own reward in a very real sense that makes total sense i i like that yeah, yeah. And then the expectation you put on yourself is, like you said, you need to respect your your work. The expectation there is um, you being happy with what you create. Yeah, I, I, I like that. That's why we podcast. We certainly don't get paid for this. <laughs> yes. He told me we'd be millionaires in five years. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. Well, <laughs> the merchandising no. just hasn't kicked in yet. It, not it, not it, quite. Yeah. 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 Not not Dude. quite. Sold a few t-shirts so far. But. Uh, and so it's which, the ones we bought. <laughs> uh, so which episode uh, out of the four that you wrote would you say is your favorite? Or which one did you enjoy writing the most? I, For me, it's a tie, I think, between, between Possession uh, and, and Code of Hero. Uh, that even, even though this, the story itself wasn't mine in Code of Hero, um, I so much... I, I so much enjoyed the getting a chance to write the dialogue for those characters uh, mm-hmm. because again, I mean, I mean, Dinobot is not, I mean, Dinobot is not Hamlet. He's not a, he's not a fellow, but the character did have, a, 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 he did have an archetypal truth and a resonance. Uh, Absolutely. All, yeah. all good characters do, right? I mean, Megatron, uh, Optimus Prime, they, they, they were all characters who, who had an incredible, and, and, and you know, it's not something that I created. It's something that was there in the show, and I got a chance to, to piggyback uh, 
uh, along with. But yeah, the characters, they, they really were archetypes uh, in a way that's, that you don't often find, I think, uh, in, in shows uh, that all of the characters tend to have and that, you know, that, that kind of archetype standing behind them. It's and interesting they, that you say, that's interesting that you say that because um, we're constantly being like, oh, the, like the way some of the story beats flow, it's very Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they're, they're character, character archetypes in it. And um, it's, it's, it's just a joy some, sometimes. Sometimes the, our most favorite part will be like a 10 second piece of dialogue of Megatron talking to himself. <laughs> right. Yes, Megatron's like, soliloquies are wonderful. <laughs> they were always great yeah. fun to write. Like I, I love the bit in um uh possession where Waspinator first gets shocked by the, the computer and gets blown back. And Megatron asks him, like, he's like status report, and Waspinator's like moderate, Waspinator in pain, but still functioning. <laughs> and Megatron replies with, Not you, imbecile, the computer. <laughs> 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 little yes. little things like that. Uh, priorities are everything. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've you've had a pretty like diverse and uh, eclectic career. I mean, you've done you've done TV, uh, you've done stage, you've published three novels within the past decade. Yeah, um, I've actually uh, I've been reading uh, Will Starling over oh the course my of the past week. Gosh. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm touched and appreciate, I appreciate that greatly. I, I'm quite enjoying it so far. It's, uh, I, I really like the voice of the narrator. You're wary, humble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was hoping to find a copy of your, your latest book, but because uh, the, the plot of it sounds right up my alley, but unfortunately, Amazon was sold out. Oh, wow. I, I, I'd like to hope that it, they were sold out because they've sold zillions of copies without having mentioned it to me. Exactly. Um, but yeah. You just don't know yet. <laughs> you just don't know yet. Just waiting for those checks to arrive. Yeah. Well, speaking of writing for no remuneration, I mean, basically writing novels, writing literary fiction is kind of a bit like writing for free, uh, you know, compared to writing for screen. I, and again, I'm not being cynical at all. Um, but I remember, you know, back... <laughs> I remember reading a very funny humor column years and years and years ago by uh, Eric Nickel, in which he worked out how much he actually got for writing a book, uh, and it was it was well below uh, what he would have received, uh, basically sitting on the corner with his hand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I I actually majored in creative writing at university, and uh, that was one of the th first things uh, uh, every screenwriting teacher that I had. Like in all the like first level classes, they always say, don't get into writing expecting you're going to make money off of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what were you at uh, UVic? Uh, no, I was living, I, I grew up in Nanaimo. So I was going to, well, it, it was Malaspina at the time, but it switched to, to VIU uh, about halfway through my, my oh, term. Yeah. Islander yeah. University. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Who, who, who did you uh, study creative writing with? Uh, my, uh, main screenwriting teacher that I, uh, I made a point of, cause I, I really liked him. I made a point of taking as many classes with him as possible was, uh, Frank Mower. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he's a delightful, delightful yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely. A great writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen, uh, uh, seen a couple of his plays. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, what have you, uh, what have you, do you have anything, uh, coming up? Like, what are you working on right now? And you got anything you can or can talk about or want to plug? <laughs> I've, I, I'm working on, on, on three or four projects in, in development right now. The, uh, as far as what's coming towards, uh, uh completion, I did a, uh, my first venture into cinematic horror, uh, I co-wrote the, co-wrote the screenplay um, for a film based on a novel by Nick Cutter. Uh, I mean, Craig Davidson, Canadian novelist, he writes literary horror under under uh, 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 Nick Cutter. Uh, okay. It's called The Breach. It's being uh, it's in post production as we speak. Uh, Raven Banner uh, in Toronto uh, is the producer. Uh, I believe they're uh, on the festival circuit early in the new year. Uh, but your uh, Canadian horror film with a with musical score uh, oh. by all people slash uh, yeah wow, that's, out, uh, th- this is everything <laughs> I, I want <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah I mean apparently he's like yeah he's, he's a friend of the uh, of the producer and he just happened to have a window in his schedule uh, and they began by talking about you know would he put his name above the title you know slash presents you know, doing the producer uh, the executive producer role uh, and he was down for that but he also decided he he's got a window he'll he'll do the score uh, so I can't wait to hear the score. I, oh, it's a, they they I say it's about who that. you know right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Um, I won't take up too much more of your time, uh, but I, I do have one final question. It's a it's a bit of a joke question. Um, so, on uh, on Beast Wars, there was a, a a unit of time mentioned in every episode called uh, a cycle, and. It's kind of nebulous how long a cycle is. So as someone who actually wrote episodes of the show, how long do you reckon a cycle is in the the world of Beast Wars? That is such a great question. When I was writing the show, I never had any idea how long (laughs) a cycle might be. It was just one of of those those terms you could toss in there. Um, And because the shows were all... Basically... I can't think of one of the shows that I wrote where the time frame, the real time that elapsed uh, in the show itself would have been much longer than, than, than a couple of days. So I kind of figured a cycle might be a day. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, but now, that's an host- ongoing debate on, <laughs> on the show, right? Because um, it seems like at some time cycles are about a day. Yeah. But if you go into Transformers Wiki, they're loosely like an hour, an hour and a half. Sometimes half a day, and oh, so sometimes it's, kind of it's all a minute. <laughs> that's sometimes it's an entire afternoon. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay, I mean, well, time itself is relative. <laughs> so that that's true. Yeah, uh, days were days were longer. <laughs> days were like, back so. back then. Yeah, yeah, four million years ago. Well, yeah. yeah. So basically, a, a cycle is however. What I, my takeaway is uh, a cycle is however long it needs to be. I, I think so. I, I think that's a very wise takeaway. <laughs> All, right. Okay. All right. All uh, right. I want to thank you very much uh, uh, once again, uh, Ian Weir, for uh, agreeing to be on the show and being on the show. It's It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Great meeting you guys. 
All right. It was great meeting you. <laughs> you as well. All right. Uh, take care. Take care. All the very best. All the best. Too much energy. Thank you very much, Ian Weir, for once again, for being on the show. Uh, I, I like to say this jokingly a lot, like refer to people as friend of the show, especially people we've made fun of at some point. Oh, like uh, the writer of IDW. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eric Burnham? But, yeah, yeah. Eric but, Burnham, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Lover uh, of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, but no, I, I think uh, actually, uh, in the case of Ian Weir, I can comfortably say genuinely friend of the show such a great guy like i uh if you're listening to this ian uh from the bottom of my heart thank you very much for speaking with us um uh, thanks you're great i i finished your book uh uh will starling uh it's great i love it i'm gonna try and pick up a copy of uh his latest book as soon as i can still out of stock on amazon hmm and he even made a joke during the interview. He was all like, oh, flying off the shelves so much that it's hard to even get a copy. Yeah. And it took me a second to realize that was a self-deprecating like joke. And we were yeah. like, oh, I felt bad. I didn't even, I didn't even like know what, like, what his book was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a great guy. He even sent me a thank you email and, after we yeah. finished the recording. In the thank you email. In the thank you email, he was like, hey, I don't have Cal's contact information but send him my my best too and thanks for having me on the show and i was like man the class act that's really cool. yeah classy yeah he, legend it seems like he has the real code of the hero he does he just did that was all from inside mm -hmm. he yeah that out yeah that's his spark it is his spark it is his spark um I think it's about time to start winding things down now. That has been episode 57 of Too Much Energon. Uh, best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. Starting at the $5 and up tier, you get uh, literally hours every week of bonus preamble audio of us shooting the shit before we actually start recording the episodes proper. Um, the preamble uh, for this week, for this podcast episode in particular, is just absolute mayhem. Yeah. It's like, I I, I don't even know how, as of yet, how it's going to turn out. It could be completely inaudible. For cutting in every 15 minutes, being like, this is being recorded. <laughs> was pretty... I didn't think he was serious. <laughs> oh, I knew. <laughs> oh, it's, I, I'm recording everything. Find out who our enemies are. Become a Patreon today. Terrible my voice a little bit, so I sound like Keanu Reeves. We're fine. Yeah. Uh, the ten dollar and up tier, uh, you get that, and also our monthly show, Too Much Galavar, where we review the monthly twenty twenty one IDW Beast Wars comic book, one issue at a time. Uh, so far, two episodes of that are available. Uh, we also get our uh, weekly dumb news program, Laser Comb Tonight. Uh, which we didn't record an episode of last week, but we will be rectifying that this week. Uh, there's also a $25 tier, which gets you a t-shirt, a whole bunch of other crap, and you can pick a show to pitch for us on our other podcasts, the Laser Comb Podcast, where we review a random episode of a classic TV show as chosen purely at random by a random number generator. We're a few episodes into that so far, and it's been pretty fun. 
the kind of gen- the the way we kind of do it is the twenty five dollar patron will choose one. I I say the the twenty five dollar patron chooses one because we uh, they did Ooh. they chose Dark Oracle episode one of Lasercomb podcast Dark Oracle like the show yeah the live action like slash comic book neat have you only done one episode of this so far and the the way we do it is we review one episode of one show move on next episode of laser come podcast is one random episode and indeed episode two Mm -hmm. what ended up being episode 31 of metalocalypse that's what the metalocalypse thing you were doing was i thought you were doing the metalocalypse podcast and i was like what i wasn't invited and so it, it was like one one it off. helps to click those links sometimes true that's true and uh the third one we're going to be reviewing episode 11 of mighty Morphin power rangers and it's looking i put up uh i've been putting up polls on twitter lately to determine what shows was like we talking about bucks to inflict this on you yes um oh it's random right i can't pick an episode of you show. pick the show you then the, the episode, episode is random and the the episode is random be talked into a certain episode maybe no it's, it's random that's the that's the the, the how many tiers of <laughs> the 25 many tiers. Oh, how many tears must i cry so yes uh so patreon.com slash laser comb uh if you want to follow the show proper on facebook go to facebook.com slash too much energon or facebook.com slash laser comb l-a-z-o-r-c-o-m-b to follow this and all of the shows that i produce and host at large um you can follow me you can follow the show on twitter uh at too much energon or you could follow me at laser comb and cal at neo underscore cal with a k uh things are going back to normal next week here at too much energon we will be back with uh back to reviewing uh episodes of shows individually so next week is episode seven of beast machines and i don't have a computer screen in front of me right now so i can't look up what the name of that episode actually is but But it's an episode but it's an episode it's it's real seven uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I, Kelly. Yes. What would you like to plug? Because you do things. I do things. You do things digitally. I do things digitally. Hello, folks. I've been Kelly Clark. Hopefully you have enjoyed this episode a lot and would like to get more of it, particularly more of me. Uh, well, hell, you can go and do that right now at twitch.tv slash dorktales, youtube.com slash dorktales, and wherever your podcasts are sold where you're listening to this one, you can find Dork Tales there as well. We're an actual play podcast network that plays role-playing games to tell interesting stories with interesting people, and the friendships we forge along the way were worth the experience. Hope you enjoy it, and hope to see you around. I think you checked them once or twice. What? Nothing. (laughs) No, that was completely improv I just hit a zone. Yeah, um... Yeah, can you tell he's done that before? Tell that I'm a dungeon master. I do make this shit up on the fly. he definitely doesn't have it written on his like. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Cashier? Dark, dark talks. Dark tacos. Welcome to dark tacos. We're talking about. I would, I would, dark talk. I, I could go for a dark talk. I'll dark be on. Talk. I'd be on dark talk. You know, we've we've done dork tales after dark, or dork tales after dork. Uh, it it gets pretty. We've guested once or twice for. Yeah, you've guested uh, three times, I think. Two two times, because you were the cat, the cat bard. 
that got yeeted off a few listeners. I don't play D and D. Yeah, one time. But you, like, which you can actually find uh, if you go and uh, go check out the YouTube. Uh, it is in our extra life. Ch- uh, no, pardon me. The Dork X is when you did it. If you want to see him play a warlock at uh, five frames per second. Funny enough, it was actually that experience that prompted me to go and spend two hundred dollars on a new webcam. Seriously, like, and, and the tech, the tech makes a difference. It, it does, yeah. It really does. It does. Uh, Duncan, where can people find you? You know, I don't need any promotion. I'd like to plug World Peace, and I'd like to plug uh, Laser Comb Productions. That's it. Son of a bitch, you're high-roading me on this one. <laughs> but I have nothing. I have nothing. No, he's a lover. I wouldn't do that to him. Real class act, that Duncan. Uh, I'd like to thank um, Duncan and Kelly. Always nice. Um, for spending five hours at Laser Comb HQ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Four, at least. Four, yeah. Yeah. And um, hanging out, uh, holding onto their bladder for the, the entire recording. Oh, yeah. And I'd also like to send another thank you to Ian Weir for uh, uh, being gracious enough to uh, uh, do an interview with us. Like, it was... Seriously, it was a real treat, uh, real bucket list type stuff. And I want to thank uh, other guest hosts, uh, Dan Tendo from What the Famicom, my friend Tim, and Candace Santora from the Stasis Log podcast. We're going to get out of here real quick, but there's one more thing I want to cover. Cal, that is some face right there. That's what um, Charlotte wrote in her web, some face. Uh, Cal, I had mentioned to you, uh, I believe it was on air a little while ago, that I uh, had a birthday gift for you. This was a couple months ago. I definitely still remember that. That I I had a birthday gift for you. It was something I had pre-ordered. Well, my pre-order never showed up, but I went into a store today, and through sheer happenstance, uh, the thing that I had pre-ordered for you actually was just sitting on the shelf. So I bought it because it was, I figured it was meant to be. So consider this a birthday gift and also a Beast Wars 25th anniversary gift. And just a thank you for being on the show with me for the past 57 episodes. Oh, okay. So, oh, I saw it down there and I didn't even clue in. I was like, hey, there's one in the box down there. There he is. Oh, it's the Kingdom line. It's War for Cybertron Scorponok. Husband, no. (laughs) Thanks, Christopher. Yeah. Now, now I have my, now I have my husbando uh, in a box. Nice to that body pillow. So I've been trying to talk my partner into <laughs> letting me have a figure on a body pillow. They seem to think that that's really weird. I could talk them into letting me have Scorponok on them. So there we go. Christmas there, is there coming. Christmas yeah. is coming. That, that that can be your gift for the actually yeah for the for the upcoming too much energy on Christmas if, special. If I'll get it, I will bring it to the show. <laughs> um, Amazing, thank you. Yeah, and again, thank you for uh, for doing this podcast with me. It, it's been great. Yeah, uh, it's it's been funny too because we're talking to people on the show that have clearly watched way more of it than I have. And I've been going into a lot of it with fresh eyes. Yeah. I didn't even see every episode. I didn't even finish Beast Wars. But that's also been really entertaining because it's been new. So I can be excited and for yeah. it. Yeah. And also be so disappointed when I find out what the Vok are. 
So but what? it's it's been great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. That does it for Too Much Energon, episode 57, the Beast Wars 25th anniversary special. I have been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. And I am NeoCal. I'm Duncan Grant. I'm Kelly Clark. And until next week, Beast, beast Mode. kill that would kind of be an easy one you could just pick a like i could have i could swap the kill and the fuck for the kill i could kill waspinator and starscream two for one i could kill two bad guys with one spot i could fuck dinobot he's honorable that means he's loyal that means he would only have sex with you we're talking about having sex with robot dinosaurs am i correct that's what we're talking about here right yep Okay. I just want everyone, if anyone's listening to this, I just want everyone to know, like, that's what we're having a serious conversation about. Now, here's a question I pose to you. When they go to beast mode, is it bestiality? Because they're not actual animals. They are just robots in disguise. Uh, how are you having sex with them either way is a question, actually. That's a whole other podcast, I feel like. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to do some, uh, some legitimate journalism. Yeah, um, I want to say because of the time period and because there's no laws... I would say no. Okay. Because where is it? Where is it written? They're on planet, quote unquote, planet Energon, which is Earth. Yeah. There's no laws during caveman times. There's no, you know, it's a free for all. Yeah. The uh, the prehistoric Earth, planet Energon. It's uh, it, it it's the the era of free love. <laughs>